my dog <laughs> it's okay. sorry it's good. no you're fine i can edit that out it's all good uh i love talking to, uh, what i forgot you told me what kind of a dog do you have again he's half cavalier quarter shih tzu quarter yorkie oh my gosh that's oh, awesome he's that's awesome he's right here and he's a oh boy. yes that's oh how cute look <laughs> at <laughs> how cute i wish i could lift mine and do that i i've um i have another podcast that i've done for about four years since COVID, and everybody on there is they hear my dog barking in the background and they're always like show us your dog i'm like i can't pick her up um and i'm just like yeah I, I would love to show her off but it's like yeah no, she's uh she's she's like 60 pounds and i'm like nope i'm not doing that um, but no, nah, that's awesome. I absolutely love dogs. Have you always had dogs through throughout your life? Uh, nope. This is my first dog. Um, is, okay. Yeah. We got him like five and a half years ago. Okay. Um, we did have another dog. We got him at 12. So, you know, we had him for only two years, but okay. right. he was a, a mini Aussie and he was, he had a hormone issue. So he was huge. He was oh, like, man. I don't know, 60 pounds by the time he passed. That was a very dense dog. People would look at him and think he's pick upable, but like <laughs> he's so much heavier than he looks. Um. I always, uh, I always wanted a bigger dog because um, I've never. We've always had mostly we've had beagles um, for whatever reason, uh, but yeah, we. I always wanted a bigger dog, but it's just that. I, I've been told a lot of times they get hip problems and stuff like that, especially as they get older because they're just so big. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, since we started on dogs, uh, <laughs> welcome in, everybody. It's Joe from Snap Decisions. Uh, thank you for coming in and listening today. I am with, and I have the pleasure of having on the show, Lauren Whatevs. Lauren, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking some Snap with me today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. No, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to, so, well, first of all, I've got to say, uh, since I've been doing this, and it hasn't been that long, I've only been doing this for a couple of months or so now, um, everyone's been amazing. Like the community here, uh, a little bit as opposed to the other one that I did, which can get a little dramatic at times. Uh, the community is so awesome and so welcoming. Um, I reach out to people and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, like yourself. And I'm like shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I actually have Italians. <laughs> so, um what I want to ask you, because uh, this is a curiosity for me, because um, I was an aspiring journalist. I went to college for it way back in the 80s. Um, you know, I'm old, uh, but I went to college for journalism. Um, so 
I saw that you write for Marvel Snap. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, let's go into this a little bit. Have you played other um, games before Snap, uh, like card games anywhere? I like to kind of start with that and see. I played Magic back in the day, uh, back in the 90s, when it almost a little bit after it first released. Um, so that's kind of what got me started. But have you played other card games before Snap? And if so, what what was what got you started into uh, into card games? Uh, I played a little bit of Magic, um, some in the 90s, like Friends Big Brother had some, and we've, you know, I think we've looked at them more than played with them. And then I played it a little bit as a teenager, which is, you know, like 20 years ago at this point. Um, did a little bit of competing, not a ton, but like, you know, once or twice with bringing my own deck and once or twice in draft. Um, so I had that experience. Uh, my brother is 11 years younger than me, and the way we've always connected is gaming. Um, nice. mostly video games, especially Smash Brothers, which we played competitively, but also we played the Pokemon card game. Um, so that's probably my most card game experience. Um, okay. played that for a few years, but, uh, besides like mobile games here and there, uh, and you know, like card adjacent games, like Inscription, which isn't like multiplayer, but really cool single player card game. Yep. Um, I don't actually have a ton of card game experience within those 20 years until now playing snap wow okay all right i've tried some others like uh in fact i tell people i tried a really bad marvel card game about oh my gosh it has to be going on about six years ago it was called uh, uh marvel marvel battle lines actually uh and it, they had it on it almost looked like a little tic-tac-toe board and you had the they were cards and stuff like that but the characters would like kind of fight on the board and everything like, but oh my gosh people complain about snap being a money grab sometimes i'm like you should have seen that one like that you yeah. literally <laughs> couldn't even play if you weren't throwing money at them and buying all these cards you weren't able to actually competitively play the game so um it only lasted a little over a year i enjoyed it because it came out around the time the mcu stuff was really really big with avengers and all that um, and I like playing, but literally went to, I think right before Black Panther came out and it was like, yeah, yeah, we got this big set of Black Panther. And then the next week it said, yeah, yeah, the game's shutting down. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, well, that, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, and I, he was, I, I spend a little too much money with these things and I've done it with snap too. Uh, and I'm doing, and I did it, definitely did it with that as well. And once that happens, that's like the worst feeling ever. You you spend like this this money on this game. It's like yeah, this game's dead. And it's like oh my god, where did my money go? Um, but that's awesome. I, I love to hear. Uh, I, I love talking about uh, what players come from with this kind of stuff. Um, I played Magic a while ago. I used to go to some tournaments and stuff like that, like bigger tournaments where I live in the Northeast. I would drive like a state away sometimes to go and play them. Um, it was cool. I really never won. I, I would win a few games here or there. I never finished in like the finals or anything like that, but it was always kind of cool atmosphere to see the other people at play uh, and kind of realize that, you know, there are you know, really, really good players out there. The decks that are out there uh, are sometimes hard to beat rather than going into little tournaments. So that's cool that, that you got to do that. Uh, video game wise, I, uh, I I do a lot of that too. So tell me what, uh, what are your favorite types of video games that you play? I mean, Smash Brothers is huge. Um, always has been mostly because that's like, that's how my friends and I connected. I've been playing since 64. That's also how I connected with my brother who's so much younger than me. Um, and, you know, by the time he was 20, all this, he's much, much better than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always, but I've played him for like 
his entire life. So I have him kind of downloaded and I say, I always say he's the best player I can beat. Um, yeah, when we did play competitively in Utah, he was ranked like 40 and I was uh, 150, 200, something like that. Like, so I, I could compete, but not, you know, I barely ever got out of the first round. Um, he, was, he was much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sometimes wish I had, uh, my sister is about eight years younger than me, but she never got into video games and stuff. And I always sometimes thought it would be cool to have like a brother or sister and stuff like that, that you could do that with. Um, playing video games. What's that like? What's it like playing a video game competitively? Do you go to like a big tournament? Do you do it from home? Like, is that what? Yeah. How did, how is, uh, how is for, that? For fighting games, especially it's in person because, and I mean, maybe it's getting better as net code gets better, but like, you know, those are frame perfect inputs. So even when other games started going online, fighting games, you can play them online, but like the competitive scene that's doing tournaments and stuff, that's always in person. Um, and yeah, you just show up to like, uh, I mean, the place that we did it was in uh, this little like computer cafe thing. It was it was meant for video gaming, and oh, nice. they had like a huge LAN setup. But everybody would bring their you know like their GameCubes, their Wii's, their Switches. Okay. Um, yeah, and the the melee scene is the funniest. That's the GameCube scene because they bring in the CRT TVs also to get the oh, you know awesome. fastest response times. <laughs> that's um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a ton of people, and there's you know web-based software for tracking like a tournament bracket and just play a few sets fist bump your your uh, opponent before you start whoever wins you report it to a tournament organizer and and uh yeah it goes from there you know there's wow. a little bit of buy-in so that there's a prize pool i, I yep. imagine most competitive games are the same yeah way. That's cool though. I, I've the closest I've ever come to seeing anything like that. I went to, um, I got to go to a comic con, uh, in New York up here, uh, one year, which was insane. Um, I, I tell people to go just for the atmosphere, but man, oh man, like uh, the second day you can even, you, it was hardly even walk. Like there was just so many people there, but they were doing a, they had a game, they were demoing at some point and they had like a small tournament, I guess, for people to play. And they were just, everybody just sitting and almost was like, almost like a little bit of a classroom atmosphere almost. Cause you had desk everywhere and the people had you know you had the setups everywhere and people just were on the monitors and they're playing and i saw that and i'm like wow that looks really cool that's neat that you could do that so you're a nintendo fan i'm taking it then yes yeah i always nice. have been i nice. you know like uh i had a ps2 i had an xbox 360 and i did play those quite a bit but i've always come back to nintendo i love local co-op and i love when it comes to triple a titles the nintendo ones are the ones that click for me <laughs> I I have one and I and and I still I oh man I wish I got this I wish I had time to play them as much as I as I as I could. Um I just bought uh before the holidays last year about Super Mario Wonder. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful that game. The game was, was amazing. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know it was coming out. And usually I try to keep track of that kind of stuff. That brought back so many memories for me because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with the 2D side scrollers. And yeah. so when the first Mario came out, my gosh, we played that so much on the original NES. And it's like when this one came out and I'm sitting there, like literally my, my wife's in the, in the room kind of watching me. She'll do that sometimes. And I'm sitting there playing and I get to the one part of the screen and Mario goes down a little pipe and then he disappears. I'm like, where did I go? And I'm looking at the board and I'm like, he jumped to the back of the actual screen. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I'm in awe. I'm like, oh my God, I can play like in the background of the scene. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and she's like, 
she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> why are you getting so much joy <laughs> from this little bit? And I'm like, it, yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But I love that. I when you when you get to the part with the hippos where the hippos are bouncing all over the board, those big hippos, and then the rhino. I love that game. That's one of my favorite games that I've probably played in in a long time. I, I had so much fun. Uh, playing that game but yeah nintendo is such an underrated system i think there there's there's games on there of course that people will go to play for i know the pokemon games are, are usually big on there uh and and things like that but uh but yeah I, I i really enjoy uh playing the switch it's uh where i work um i actually work in best buy i got to be really close friends with the nintendo rep um and he he and i chat all the time about stuff and he keeps coming in saying I really don't understand why my company isn't pushing to put out a new system. But he said, it just seems like they're happy with what they have and people are still buying it. And I said, yeah, I, I guess it's, I guess it's doing okay, man. You know, I guess uh, why, why broke what's not, or fix what's not broken. So yeah, the switch is doing so well compared to the Wii U. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the switch too, if it's, close enough but like more powerful and they can launch with some good titles i think they'll be totally fine with switch too yeah yeah absolutely absolutely the thing with them was it, it always seems as if like the it's the third party titles i think that a lot of people ask for the the stuff that goes to like the, the playstation and the xbox um uh, you know like your bigger games like call of duty and stuff like that is the are the ones that people are like yeah i'd rather get those on the on the bigger systems i'm a big rpg guy you ever play any RPGs and stuff on uh, on your on your systems? Uh, I've played some, you know, Pokemon, um, which yep. is you know kind of a more childish one for sure. I mean, I love Pokemon and it can go deep yeah, for yeah. sure, uh, like the competitive scene and all that. Um, yep. But uh, I also play. Maybe they should have come up with the card conversation. But even though I don't have a lot of card game specific experience, I have tons of tabletop experience, which is both Ooh. board games and okay. and tabletop RPGs. Okay. So okay yeah all right that's awesome um well yeah well let's talk about that a little bit i um oh my gosh i was probably good gosh 13 um and my family grew up with games um my mom my dad you know we we always sat around family night and did you know we'd have board games we would play my grandparents had board games we would play um i i got my first taste of role-playing stuff because i started playing dungeons and dragons when i was about 13 or so and i remember you'd go to a bookstore at the time and you'd see them in the bookstore they were in these sets they had a cardboard box and you'd buy them and they'd have a dungeon master guide and they'd have a you know the the campaign guide and stuff like that and it was a fall i was amazed by it i'm like this is fantastic you just read along with the stuff and you pick which way to go and you make your characters and all that stuff what kind of tabletop games did you play and uh, and when did when did you get into those Okay, so like my first RPG was Dungeons and Dragons. I played it when I was like 25. And when I first played it, I was like, why did, did we not play this as kids? Because my siblings and I played imaginary games all the time. We would take our Legos. Yes. We would take, I mean, outside we would use croquet mallets and we would be casting fireballs at each other with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we would we would record on paper levels and skills that we were, we were inventing our own RPGs and had never played Dungeons and Dragons. It just, I was like, how did we miss this? Especially because I know my mom played it when she was a teenager. Yep. So it was like, that, that really surprised me. But since then, um, we've played probably more like 30 when I finally started DMing and playing like in a regular game. Um, but okay. Dungeons and Dragons definitely. And we've tried lots of little one shots. Um, you know, fate, and there's one called Dread that uses Jenga, 
Um, oh, it's okay. a horror game, and oh, when you nice. when you topple the tower, your character dies, and so it's really good at that like building suspense because you know as Jenga progresses, it becomes harder yes. and harder. Yes. So it's very clever. Um, yeah, a few other little small indie ones like that that are super fun, but mostly we go back to D and D. Uh, man, I I, uh, I love that that you were talking about imagination. I I talk about that, and and from my old man uh, stance, I I rant sometimes about the lost things that go away with age. Imagination is, I think, is definitely one of them, and it's it. I I get it. Technology's changed so much where you don't need it, right? Like uh, when we were kids, when I when I was about eight or so, I saw Star Wars for the very first time, and since then, uh, I'm I'm running around with a flashlight. Because we had no, you had no lightsabers. You can buy yeah. one today, but I'm running around with this little metal flashlight with a red tip on it, pretending I'm Luke Skywalker with a flashlight. And then from that point on, like you were saying, it's imagination was all we had because there were no cell phones. There were no uh, iPads or computers that did all this, this awesome stuff, but we had an amazing time. And like you said, like D and D we'd literally sit out on, we'd be in my backyard sitting on the picnic bench on the, on the picnic table in the back with the manuals and stuff like that. And there we are. And we're pretending to do all this stuff. It was just a fantastic time. And I really think, you know, my daughters are in their, in their twenties. Um, so uh, and even them, uh, to an extent, like my youngest daughter, more so. But you know, they she never really got to you know go experience really much of that because by the time she was you know nine or ten or eleven, she was already into all the electronic stuff, the phones, the iPads, and everything else. And I think there's something missing with that. I really do. I, I think people miss out on really really fun times um, with it. And I get it, you know, times change and, uh, and everything is the way it is, but I love that. Uh, that that's fantastic. That's exactly how uh, I spent a lot of my childhood. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, that's why I like encouraged things like Minecraft for my kid. Cause yeah, she was totally into the iPad and the electronics. She did also love imaginary games and we played a lot of imaginary Marvel games for whatever yeah. reason she clicked with guardians of the galaxy. Um, sure. yeah, mine did too. Yeah. Yeah, so when she's like you know, four and five, I'm on the playground and I have to be Groot and Rocket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. Did she? Did you? Did you take her to see the newest one, the third uh, one? I didn't. No, she's oh. she's been so hit and miss on which Marvel movies she is totally bored in and the others that she likes. Like so I stopped taking yep. her into theater so that we can have it at home and she can be like, and eh, this one's not clicking for me. Yep. My youngest took to the guardians too. And she's not a real big comic book or Marvel fan, but she loved them too. When I took her to see the last one, Oh my gosh, she cried like a baby. She oh. sat there with tears streaming down her face. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I feel bad now that I took her to this movie. But yeah, um, it's, 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 it was kind of sad, especially if you're an animal lover. That was, that was hard to watch. Yeah. That was a little tough to watch. I kind of, I felt bad. But um, but yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I I love to hear that, and uh, and yeah, it's it's just now you mentioned the Jenga horror. Are you a horror fan? Uh, ish. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do like a horror movie and love it. D and D horror. We've played like three little indie ones, and they've all been really fun. That's really cool. That's really. I'm a big slasher fan. I love slasher films from like the 70s mm -hmm. and the 80s and 90s. Um, some horror I, I can watch. It, the bloody stuff I don't mind at all. Uh, the supernatural stuff and especially like the demonic possession stuff. Nope, I'm out. I can't. Oh. I can't watch. 
I can't. It's wa- funny I, how everybody has their thing. That's like that's yep. that's too I, far. I too got real. Ruined. Yeah, I got ruined by The Exorcist when I was very very young boy. I snuck oh. down and watched it uh, when I was probably about nine. My dad had it on TV, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, and now when I see any of that stuff, it's like, nope. <laughs> now the things they can do with that where like when the new one just came out they they put the, the they had the remake come out a little bit ago and they were shocked i literally when that would come up on my screen on the tv i'd take my ipad and i would literally hold it in front of my face so i wouldn't <laughs> see the screen i'm like a big baby uh, i can't i was like nope i can't watch <laughs> i can see a young exposure to the exorcist doing that see, i didn't see it till i was in my 20s um, oh i i wouldn't I even just watch it. yep Go ahead, uh, just this, this past weekend, I finally, I've been asking for like two years. Um, although, given that my child is 12, I'm glad I waited. But I just got to show my fiance and my child Jennifer's Body, which is one of my favorites. It's very mm. campy and comedic. You know, it's written by the same writer as Juno. Yep. Um, but that's, that's like one of my favorite horror movies. And I know it's not like the traditional horror, but uh, I think they both liked it. So I was glad that's- I finally got to show that to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun film. I remember I remember seeing that one. I don't mind injecting some humor into horror. I I I grew up with the original Evil Deads. So mm-hmm. with with Bruce Campbell and stuff like that and that that for many people was uh you know, when they first saw it they're like this is a little weird. Cause it's like, you know, you have all these crazy things going on, but yet he's like, he's, you know, he's making you laugh and it's a little bit funny at the same time. Um, I kind of like that stuff now. Like there's more of that now. And I think it's cool because it ranges in different emotions. You're not just sitting there uh, like waiting to be scared the entire time. You get that little bit of a relief uh, with Mm -hmm. the actual comedy that's, that's going on with it too. So I kind of think that's cool. Um, I, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I, I will talk horror with anyone uh, for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff. My mom too uh, was a big horror fan. In fact, she, um, she had all the uh, novels and stuff like that of the, of the films. Oh, so I can cool. remember seeing like her books. Oh my gosh. I wish she kept them. This, some of those are so expensive now that cause they don't exist anymore, but she would have the paper. I remember seeing the paperback of the original Halloween and it was just a person wearing a sheet on the cover and had a pumpkin on, 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 the, on their head. And that's how the artwork was for the, for the, uh, for the book. And she had the original novel for the exorcist. And I, and I, to this day, I tell her, I'm like, how in God's name, did you read that stuff before you went to bed? Like every time, every night she had the books. I'm like, how are you reading this and going to bed afterwards? And she's like, eh, just, so. and I'm like, I, I, so I guess that's probably where I got a lot of it from. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what's the late, have you seen any films lately in the in movies or anything like that? Horror films at all? I mean, Jennifer's body this past weekend. Okay. Uh, my autobiographical memory is so bad. Oh, it's um, all good. <laughs> it's all good. I might have to. I'd have to quiz my fiance or child to figure out what else we've watched recently. Uh, no problem. All right. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I um, yeah. Uh, I always think it's an oldism where sometimes I don't remember what I ate for breakfast the day before. So I get you. All right. I want to ask you. Okay, let's get into some Marvel Snap. I want to ask you. Um, you write for them. So how did that come about for you? How did how did you start writing for Marvel Snap? Okay, I write for Snap Zone, which is one of the mm-hmm. biggest fan sites. Yep. Um I let's see. I'd been playing for about 4 or 5 months mm-hmm. and 
you know, of course I was familiar with the, with the fan sites, especially snap fan and snap zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but untapped too, uh, they just didn't have editorial content. So like, sure. It's a great place to go get decks, but like I was interested in editorial content and you know, the stuff that like den and safety blade, right. Is incredible, yeah. but I wanted to go so much deeper and I could see like, they have all this data. Like I, I live on their, like the stats page for like win rates and all that. They're just like, they don't go very deep. And I had spent eight years as a data analyst um, okay. for a solar company. Uh, and I, so in that time I was self-taught over that entire time, um, but I got, I got very good. And I was like, there's so much more we could do with this data. And so I was like, I'm just going to reach out and ask like, Hey, <laughs> if I write for you using this data, can I get access to your data? It was very, um, it was, it was almost a selfish endeavor because I was just like, I want to do interesting things. I want to find, you know, deck interactions that, that are flying under the radar. And I want to like get, get tips on unusual ways to play that might be beneficial. Yeah. Um, so the first one I reached out to, uh, I actually reached out to Howling Minds, who was the community manager over at SnapZone at the time, but he was kind of the face of it. Um, and he's like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm just the community manager. There's this other guy you should talk to who's the owner um, who kind of does things behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, and so I did, and, and he was on board for getting another writer who, wow. who would do um, data stuff. That's and awesome. so I didn't even go to Snap Pan or Untapped, who were like my backup options. Um, and so I started getting into the data and familiarizing myself with their database. And um, yeah, I, so for a little while I was writing roughly weekly. Now it's more like monthly. Um, okay. And I don't know if you've read some of my older stuff, but I used to do much more stuff based on user data. Um, so like I had an article that was about, is it good to play into unrevealed locations? And I like looked at the stats, like, you know, what's the win rate for players who play into unrevealed locations versus those who don't, um, I was like, oh yeah. And I also looked at the, uh, like the math of bad locations and good locations. What's the odds that you play into the right. And it ends up being bar with no name, you know, uh, and as I concluded, like, mostly it's pretty safe and even good to play into unrevealed locations. Uh, so those were the kind of things I wanted to do, is look into stuff that, that uh, just, like, win rates and cube rates couldn't tell you. Uh, I ended up also getting super into the game economy where it's complex. Like, I'm not doing bundle evaluation, but, like, when the spotlights came out, I was like, okay, yeah. here's how to optimize them. Here's how spotlights compare to the old system. Um, and ever since writing that like ultimate guide to spotlights, I've kind of been, I've had my, uh, had the pulse on the economy, had yeah. my finger on the economy's pulse. That's it. Um, and so I end up talking about, you know, what happens with economy changes. Um, my article is supposed to be for January, but it's slightly delayed, um, is very much about the inclusion of an extra card every season. Yep. And this reduction in the series drop rate, now that we know like series drops are back, but they're pretty slow. I was always expecting them to come back in full force uh, eventually. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So uh, I'm interviewed, I've interviewed Steven for this. Uh, he's the, oh, I should pull up his title. He's like the VP of product and design or something like okay. that at, yeah, yeah. at second dinner. Um, but he's basically the guy who invented the economy of the game. Okay. Um, wow. 
And so I, I told him ahead of time, like, I'm not going to go easy on you. And I didn't. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to need another week because these are meaty questions, which is totally fine. Yeah, um, yeah. But that'll be, I think that'll be really good. Whenever it comes out, I can talk about like the impact that this, you know, going to 64 cards a year instead of 52, the impact of that. Um, and, and to have all these like insider answers from Steven, I hope that he is thorough. I think he will be because he seemed to like the questions. That's cool. That was a very long answer for how I got started in Snapchat. No, no, I, 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 I love that. Um, that's that's really awesome. I, there, there's oftentimes I find myself thinking, and I know like a lot of us as as gamers, you you tend to not look maybe behind the scenes for things like that. And I love that that you know that you do. Um, it's it's great to have that kind of information because many many times I'll just be playing you know casually for a little bit and, and I'm going through like even last night I, I'm I'm playing some ladder which I very very rarely do anymore because I just don't get the time to play as much as I could and, and I get frustrated with it sometimes. So I'm playing it last night and, and and I'm playing like two three matches in a row and then I notice uh with like you had mentioned the locations. I noticed that I get the same one three straight times. And I'm like, why does this happen <laughs> when there's so many, uh, you know, and I just keep getting like, and, and you know, I tell everybody on the show too, and we laugh about it, but whenever I play, I've gotten adverse to like certain decks uh, to having to play against them. Destroy is one of them. I because, hate destroy. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I found someone else who's like that. I put that on my, on my X account and everybody's like, destroy is great. Why don't you like it? I was like, I, I hate every time I play it. And it happened last night. Well, last night, of course, too, because Bar Sinister, I think, was the weekend mission uh, location. And I'm like, oh, dear God, <laughs> that's the perfect location for them. They just stick uh -huh. the venoms and the carnage is on there and you're dead. And so I'm playing last night and I'm like, all right, I'm going to play. Uh, and I'm a big Galactus fan. I always have been from the comic books and I love the card. And so I put a Galactus deck together with goblins. So I figured I'll fill that location up with goblins and they can't do anything with it. But every single time I play, they they seem to get, and this is even before the weekend thing, they always seem to get a, a location that helps them. A, a destroy location will always pop up on there. So there you go. Did you ever, have you ever looked into um, like how, I guess the statistics of like something like that, like how many destroy locations are there and, and how, you know, how many do they pop up? I I, I love that, uh, that, that you do that. That's fantastic. Um, but like, uh, the the economy thing um, that's been such a, a hot thing with people lately because of the fact that they're not showing bundles and everything anymore. So people don't like it because they can't get prepared for it. Listen, it, it's 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 hard. Money is tight with everybody right now for everything. You know, when you can go to a grocery store and have to spend $60, $70 on, a ba on one bag of groceries, it's, it's hard. And so for a game, when you're trying to budget yourself, um, and then you don't know now what it's going to be. It's it's very difficult to do. But I, I love that you're that you're that you're looking into that. Um, uh, so so yeah. What um, the location type thing? And I'll go back to that. Um, how do you even like? I, and I know I'm not. I'm there. I will never understand a lot of it because math was one of the worst things I've ever had to do, which is why I went into journalism because I didn't want to have to use math. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how do you how do you even start? Uh, like when you when you're looking into stuff like that and just looking at stats, uh, do you, you pull them up on a computer? Do you you know like I don't even I couldn't even imagine where you start to do something like that. Yeah, 
Um, so I get quite a lot of match data uh, only from people using the snap zone tracker. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I get locations, I get win rate, I get who retreated, I get which turn it was, how many cubes it was for, um, exactly which cards were played on which turn. Um, I shouldn't say exactly. I, I get the cards that are still on the board at the end of the game. So for like destroy, it's kind of invisible. I don't get to see the things that got destroyed. Um, and then it's just about aggregating that data, um, which is very easy to do with SQL, um, which is you know the, the language that we use in the SnapZone database. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking at like, okay, um, we'll stack location one, location two, location three, put those all in a single column so I can see the appearance rate of every single location in the game. And then I can just look and see like, okay, uh, what percentage of games does this location come out and this location it's very easy from there to determine the rarity of the location wow. because there's like four maybe five buckets of rarity um for locations in the game um and like everything that's in the common bucket shows up at the same rate uh and then in the ultra ultra rare rarity is just ego and world ship you know these are the ones that show up hardly ever yeah uh, so start with that and then like for the one where I was looking at unrevealed locations, I just manually went through the list and like, okay, which ones are very good, kind of good, neutral, kind of bad, very bad to play into blind. Um, and then from there, you know, I can connect those ratings to the location names and their frequencies and see like, oh, like 85% of the time you play blind, it's gonna be neutral or good. Um, so yeah, I haven't done that for destroy, but that is certainly one of the problems with destroy is that oh my gosh. it has so many beneficial locations. Oh, it does. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it drives me crazy. Like it, it, there's certain <laughs> things with <laughs> there's certain things with this game. Uh and a lot of people say like they listen to my show and they're like I like your show because you rant. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a ranter. I, <laughs> yeah. I used to rant, I used to rant when I worked for, I, I, I was a DJ on a radio station doing late night DJing. And a lot of times I would, I would do that. Cause it's like, what are you going to do? I'm doing a show from one to or 11 to two in the morning. It's like, who's even listening at this point? So who cares? <laughs> so I'm just going to go off on certain topics and that's what I do. But yeah, I, I get, I get started on certain things with this game. And like, when you look at statistics, like you were, like you do, uh, uh, it, it's it's a fascinating thing because I, I you know I, I think to myself how does this happen if I try to play a certain deck like Mister Negative I hate that's another one I can't stand it if, whenever I play it I don't see the card either I do not see Mister Negative in my hand or I will get it and then every card that you need to be flipped also are in <laughs> already in your hand yeah, yeah. so it's like <laughs> hey, what am I gonna do with this <laughs> it's like I can't but uh, yeah it just it, it just there you know and I love it that that you look at that because I know like me when you're when you're a casual player or really any player and and you and you end up with that you get to the point where like you know something just hates me here like this this can't be you know this can't be the statistics are just wrong they, it can't happen this way because it happens to me all of the time when you know people really don't realize like what you do it that's not really what it is it just you sometimes there's just bad luck there's just bad rng that's just yeah. the way it happens 
And that's why you really have to learn in this game um, how to snap and, and when to leave the game, because that's probably the most important thing you could do. If you don't, then you're sticking around hoping that your RNG is going to change in a game, and it's probably not, and you're better off just going. Um, but that's fascinating. Um, what do you think, what's your opinion um, on, on the economy stuff? Um, I know that it's a touchy subject. Uh, you know, again, a lot of people you're starting to see. I know I saw some posts from people on Twitter last week about some of the bundles and things are now starting to go up a little bit. And it's, you know, people were a little bit concerned because we know that Newverse, the whole Newverse thing happened and they're not going to be involved with the game anymore and, and stuff like that. So wh what's your what's your opinion of uh, of, of the economy and snap. Do you think it's at a good spot now? Do you think it needs to improve the cash system? I know people, people are always going to complain about that no matter what you do. I think it's, it's just, it, people just like it. They don't like it. I personally don't mind it. I mean, I, I think it's fine. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what are your thoughts about now how they're releasing one more card? So now it's, you know, today it's not just the season pass, but you're getting a, a card release today as well. So what's your opinion on, uh, on that? I'd love to hear your opinion on the economy of the game. Yeah, this will be very much covered by my next article, but I'd be happy to talk about it. Um, Spotlight caches, I, from the beginning, I did the math and I was like, these things seem good. They seem like they deliver on more cards for more players. Mm -hmm. um, and even when it's like kind of the same amount of cards for some players, it's more of those cards are series four and five cards. They're new release cards. And I, I imagine some people have forgotten or they weren't into the game at the time, but before we had Spotlight caches, you know, we're talking uh, the first half of last year. Every time a content creator had a video covering a new card, the comments would just be full of people saying, can't wait to play this in six months. And it was so disheartening as both yeah. a player and a content creator that like, there was so much negativity about like, I just can't get new cards. Um, and so Spotlight Caches have been extremely successful in that regard. Um, and we can we can see it. I can see it in stats from Snapzone. I get collection stats too, but also like they've straight they've told us, and that there's no reason I don't think to doubt that um, that they've said like they've been successful at getting new cards into players' hands. Um, so I've been watching closely, like when does the new system become worse for free to play players? Because with spotlight or sorry with series drops on hold. Series four and five just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and in the in the previous system, series drops happened basically once a week, like not literally, but on average, you know, if you'd have a five week season at the end of it, five cards would drop to series three. And so with the exception of big bads, cards dropped on a fixed schedule. Once they hit a certain age, I think like five months, they'd be into series three. Um, and that kept series four and five at, the exact same size. They would always be 23 cards. Um, and now we're up to, I don't remember off the top of my head, something like 45. We have a big number. There's a big number of series four and five cards. And it seems like that's just going to continue to grow because now that we do have series drops coming back, but it was like five cards. And mm. they've said they're happening a few times a year in a similar way, which makes me think, okay, maybe like once a quarter, we're going to drop five or six cards, but there's way more than five or six cards coming out in a quarter. Yep. So 
So back when it's like, okay, we get 52 cards a year, one card a week. Uh, there's a point where series drops because of them being slow and because of series four and five getting big that free to play players will be missing more cards than they were in the old system. Mm. And that was going to be like my critical point where it's like, okay, I need to be really like, we need to talk about this. I can do this is not okay that, you yeah. know, it's more cards for more players. And then it's, it's no longer the case. Um, but the, then they, then they changed to the 64 card year, um, which is experimental. We don't know if it's going to stick, but I imagine it does. Yeah. Um, and that I was not expecting with the 64 card year. It, just the way that the math works out, it both gives free-to-play players more cards and means they're missing more cards. Mm. It does both at the same time. And um, and so they can still technically say, like, it gives you more cards. Um, I ran a poll on Twitter, like, what's more important to you? Like, having a more complete collection or having more cards? Yep. And it was almost 50-50. For me, I would much rather have a near complete collection. Like, I'm okay if I'm missing discard because I don't really play discard or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the the more cards you're missing, that's more often that you run into an awesome deck online and you're missing one of the cards and you have to ask, how do I replace this? Or maybe I just can't play this deck, um, which is a bad feeling when you're when everyone's talking about this awesome deck or awesome card and you you can't play it. And that's going to happen more often if players are missing more cards. Um, but there were other players who were like, I don't really care if I'm missing more cards overall. If I have more pieces to play with, I can see arguments on both sides. Um, but that's, that's the kind of unexpected thing that happened with them adding the extra card is it, it does both. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What do you so most of the time when I talk economy with with other guests that I've had on, um, everybody seems to point at pool three as a way that they can fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I don't know. I just don't like like you were saying, you know, for new players, it's hard. I tried to go back and I've I've been playing. I didn't play beta. I was in after beta, like a month or so, probably after beta Me too. When I started. Um, but I figured, you know what, let me, I opened up a free to play account. I saw, I saw a video of TLSG doing it and I'm like, this is interesting. So let me, let me do this. So I, I, I did it and I tried to go in and I'm like, let me see if I can kind of get the feeling what it's like if I were to be starting now. So it was just about maybe four months ago, I decided to do it. Um, and I can see, you know, you get through pool one, you get through pool two, uh, through pool two, and then you get to three and it's like, that's when like even when i'm playing games on on ladder um and especially if you're trying to play games in conquest um you are seeing like i'll sit there with uh i'm 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 playing a dino deck and so i'm sitting there with a devil dinosaur deck but then i'm coming up against complete destroyed decks so somebody that has the venom the carnage that all of the necessary cards they need to make a really good destroy deck and I'm coming up against this over and over and over again. And of course I'm losing because they have every piece they need. Uh, you know, I have a piece here and a piece there. I might have like uh for like, let's say a Wong white tiger deck. I might have the Wong and I might have the white tiger, but I don't have the other pieces they need. And yet I'm seeing people who do, and it's like, okay, this kind of sucks. So I, I don't, 
yeah, I, I often wonder, like, I don't even know if that would fix it. And if it would, or if you could fix that, how would you? I, and then I often thought, like, a lot of the other games that I've played, right? It, when you're playing Magic and you're playing Pokemon and stuff like that, you get packs. They give you card packs. And even digital online games that I've played, they give you card packs. Would that be something like a way you could think of that they could help this along? Like instead of doing the, the caches or, you know, I've had people say, well, maybe give caches more often. Maybe you don't wait as long as you do in pool three and you just give them like every other one. And then this way they get that complete easier. Um, so how would you if you if you were given the keys to the car and they said to you, hey, I want you to work on our economy. And uh, I want you to make it so that we get this a little more even and maybe a little bit better for players that are just starting the game because that's really important to them. Because, yeah, you're going to have your diehards. The people that, have, that are playing the game, they're hooked on it no matter what. You're going to like people like me and, and that you're, you're going to play it no matter what what happens unless they really, really do something insane, uh, like where they tar start charging double for a season pass or doing like that kind of stuff. Then people are going to be like, yeah, I'm out. But you know, for, for newer players and stuff like that, how would, if you were, if you were able to do it and if they said to you, Hey, f you know, help us fix this, uh, this early game, uh, play, how, how would you go about doing it? Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to that. Um, so like when you're playing ladder, you, the matching within a similar collection level is pretty strong. That gets weaker, the further you get in conquest, so like early conquest, that's still pretty strong, but by infinity, I think it's it's very weak. I don't even know if there is any collection level matching. Um, and I have I have in Infinity Conquest as a player who has an almost complete collection, I have run into players who are clearly early series three and I'm like, oh, I feel really bad that I'm yeah. winning just because I have cards that you don't have. Yep. Um, and so in some ways I think, you know, the game has talked about having unique collections and I think unique collections are interesting up until like, early series three you know you're a quarter of the way through series three something like that and then it's like by then you have a grasp on the game you've seen almost every card because the players you're matching against have the magneto that you don't have yet or whatever um i think players could definitely handle getting series three at a faster rate right now it's like six to seven months with the season pass to complete season three or or series three or thousands of dollars right yep um and only second dinner has the stats on like, you know, what's what's the churn right churn yeah. rate like for players who are in series three versus complete? Like if they're losing players faster once they're series three complete, then why would they speed it up? Um, or if maybe people are paying big bucks to to get through series three. I certainly was the biggest spender to finish series three. Um, or like that was my most spending in the game. Um and now I'm down to mostly just the season pass, and that's yeah. enough to keep up. Yeah, me too. Um, whereas before I was 100 to 200 a month. Yep. I think you need a solution for gamers, people who are experienced gamers, to get series or like to get collection complete or at least like competitive faster. That's yep. a lot to ask, especially like if you want to bring in new content creators, it's a lot to ask. Like, hey, thousands of dollars or seven months and then you can be a serious player yeah um i've seen ideas for like okay can we do a subscription you know 25 dollars a month something like that to unlock every card mm, um, i think okay. something like that would be awesome um 
or even like a one-time, like $500, you get every card. That's outrageously expensive. Yes, but also it's a lot cheaper than it is right now. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I think something like that would be good. Something to help get serious players into the game faster or experienced gamers. Um, I think I might be really aggressive with it. Like, hey, by the time you're a quarter of the way through Series 3, you can just unlock all of Series 3. Mm. Um, if they wanted me to be a little more realistic with it, I'd probably just double the rate. Um, right now you get two Series 3 cards every 120 CL, and I might just change that to like, okay, every one of those caches has two Series 3 cards in it. Um, another thing that's a problem is like the choice, like which Series 3 cards are you getting? You get one per month that's like the free one that you can choose. Yep. But even that, you have to wait for it to cycle into your shop. And if you miss the one because you didn't check that eight-hour period, you have to wait for it to show up again. Like, that's a terrible, like, just let me choose. I want debt this month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this, but but the way I would go right now mm -hmm. <laughs> would be, I would be cutting off Series 3 because Currently, it's set to continue expanding forever, too. And there are some cards that are a lot more core than other cards. I would be cutting it off. I'd be setting it to, like, 50 cards, 70 cards, something like that, and then bumping everything up. Okay, Series 4 is the new Series 3. Series 5 is the new Series 4. Series mm. 6 is the new Series 5. And, like, everything that goes with that, Series 4 now costs 1,000 tokens. Series 5 costs 3,000. Series 6 costs 6,000. And... Yeah, you would just have to do that every now and then. You would have to cut off, like, okay, we're doing a new series and then bumping everything up. Yeah, yeah. But that way, you can curate, you have a stronger curation over they're going to get this set of 60 cards first before they start dipping into the next set that are more niche or less critical. You know, like um, when I finished series three, it was probably probably about 90 cards big. And my last card was Mystique, who's not the most important Series 3 card, but it was one that I'd been wanting for a long time. And it was the very last one I got. Um, but then I got like Magneto was one of my first. And I felt ridiculously powerful having Magneto when hardly any of my opponents did. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that like the Series 1 and 2 experience does a lot better. Is it like curates which set of cards you're getting yep agreed agreed yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a crazy thing i mean no no one can be perfect yeah there's so many different games out there and then they do things a whole you know a lot of different ways like i you know one of the cool things about this is you can look forward to getting new stuff every month. i mean when you play magic you're waiting three months or sometimes four months, depending uh, when they come out with a new set. Now I know it's changed over the years, but back when you know when I played, my gosh, you you would see sometimes you'd see two sets, maybe three new sets a year. Now it's a lot more often, but even still, yeah, it's a, it's really a, it's and and I get it. They tried to aim a little bit different with this, and like you were saying, talking about the unique collections and everything like that. And you know, I I get that, but then you're also like as you were saying, you get people who, especially I think casual players that they try to come in and they you know they 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 start out and then they just get either way too far behind. 
Um, and then if and then if you leave, if you go away from the game for a little bit and then you try to come back, it's it's it could be very overwhelming because then you're seeing like you said, you're seeing all of this cool stuff that everybody's using and you really almost have no way of competing depending on like what the meta is like. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's man. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad that I don't work in a card game place and have to decide all this stuff because it's 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 a it's almost a situation where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't ultimately they're a corporation they have to make money that's just what it is and i think sometimes people forget about that but you know on the other hand with games like this your starting point has to be good because if you're not catching people at the beginning, it, you're 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 not going to keep them. They're just going to find other things to spend their money on, uh, and go into something else and be like, "Yeah, this this I'm, I'm out. I just I can't do this. It's frustrating and it, it just sucks." So, it's it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I like to talk about this because I know a lot of people bring this up uh, with Marvel Snap and stuff like that. Which, listen, being honest, and you've played other games before too. This probably comes up in every game, just not necessarily this way. Um, you know, you 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 take any mobile game and talk about it. I mentioned that other one I used to play earlier, but you know, you you even go into some of these other ones that are out there. That World of Warcraft uh, game that just came out not that long ago. That thing's a money grab too. You want to do anything? You're paying, uh, you know, a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, a couple bucks here. It's just what it is, and and that's that's just what mobile games kind of are. And uh, so I think people, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a buyer beware. Yeah, come in, check it out. But if you find out that it's just either frustrating you or if it's it's not worth your money and you know you're going to have to spend a little bit, probably not necessarily the game for you. Yeah. Um, in that way, Snap is so friendly, right? Like yeah. compared to other games. Yeah. Uh, even compared to other card games, not just mobile. Like mobile is a... <laughs> mobile's an interesting market and very yeah. predatory and all that right so yes. it's like when you're comparing against mobile it's like oh wow you're better than mobile impressive but i've seen a lot of card gamers be like this game's actually way cheaper than most card games yeah um but like it's so free to play pl friendly you might have to play for a while until you're competitively viable but you can do well for free yeah. um i we have had free-to-play players do well in tournaments. I think that's getting increasingly more difficult to do because they're releasing powerful season pass cards. Um, but you can you can reach infinite. You can get infinity borders. You can do that on a free-to-play account. I've seen people do it. Um, and to get a full collection is is reasonably priced. I've pretty much maintained it for ten dollars a month yep. um and i think like you know if you're that's very optimized and not having terrible luck with spotlight keys but if we take that away like if okay so you do have terrible luck with spotlight keys or you don't want to do perfect optimization you want to spend some of your gold on variants okay so twenty dollars a month twenty five dollars a month like consider that your subscription fee to have a competitive collection that's pretty reasonable if it's like your hobby yeah. that you're playing a lot. Hundred um, percent. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I think spotlight caches are such an improvement over the old economy. In the old economy, it was like two hundred bucks a month to get every card, and yep. now it's ten to twenty, um, maybe a little bit more with the uh, introduction of an extra card every season. But 
I don't know, like people always talk about how much worse the economy has gotten. I'm like, going from 200 a month to 20 a month was a pretty big improvement. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Are you collection complete? Do you have the whole set? Uh, I was for a very long time. Well, for, I don't know, uh, four or five months I was. And with the introduction, as soon as we started getting data mines of an extra card every season, that's when I was like, "Mm, I need to start being a little bit careful. Like I'm going to skip one card every couple months. Mm. So (laughs) I skipped black Knight and I skipped gladiator. And then both of them, I ended up getting with tokens. So I'm not doing a great (laughs) job with that. (laughs) What I've, (laughs) <laughs> what I've basically decided to do is I'm going to skip this card. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe we'll go several months without this card and I'll have to pick something else to skip. But I'm like, I just know that's not a, that's not a type that I play very much. Even Black Knight, who like once he got buffed and the Ebony oh, Blade man. is ridiculous yeah, now. It's like, so, yeah, it it's is. fun, but just like, it's not my type of deck. I can't play it for an extended period of time. Yeah. So, you know, that let me skip Meek. That's going to let me skip Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight. And I Very think they're going to be good cards, but just like, I just know they're not my type. And yeah. I can save a lot of resources by skipping just a couple cards here and there. That's a great point. I, I don't think that I've ever had anybody uh, quite mention it that way, but that's a great point. Yeah, like if, you, if you're if you not into a certain uh, type of, of deck that you know, like I said, Mr. Negative, uh, you know, things like that, and then they release a card that specifically is designed for that deck type. So you know you're not just like, yeah, I'm never going to play it anyway. While it'd be cool to have, I'm probably not ever going to make a deck with it or, or plays a, a deck consistently that does that. Uh, then I'll skip it. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I love that actually. That's a that's a that's a great shout. Um, something that people can you know those that you of you that are listening can you know think about that. Hey, I'm having trouble uh, keeping my collection complete. But if you don't really play it anyway, like you said, I mean, I, I can remember trying to complete, and I get the completion is part of it too because I did that when I played Magic. I'd go out and I'd buy a box of Magic cards when the new set would come out, and we would you know organize through and see which ones we got, which ones we didn't, and we end up buying packs until we complete the set. It's it's just a completionist thing, and there are people that want to do that. But, you know, when you were missing a card or two, and especially if you knew that, eh, it's not that big. Like for Magic, me, I played straight black. That's all I ever played was straight black discard. And so if I would look to see if cards were good for my deck. If they weren't, and then I'm missing like a blue-white or a blue or white card or, or something or a green card, I didn't care that much. Because it's like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm don't, i not going to play it anyway. So I love that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, So... All right. Um, what? So I, you don't like this card? What? What decks do you play? What? Uh, what decks do you like to play? All right. So I recently had a big deck building. I've been working on uh, honing a couple decks for a couple weeks. Okay. And they kind of didn't go anywhere. And I had this like big introspective moment where it's like, oh, I don't really like Conquest because it's so tech heavy, even though I do like the battle, like 10 cubes. I like that format a lot. Yes, I do too. But because it's like one loss, you're out. Right. Uh, it becomes so much like, what deck are you matched up against? And now we see like Sarah Tech is the strongest card in Conquest. Yep. And it's like, you just, so the decks I'm building, they're not running a lot of tech and they don't do well in conquest and so i'm like having this kind of like existential moment where it's like well conquest is my favorite mode but i am a deck builder and deck building is less creative in conquest because you have to run tech 
um, or get very lucky with your matchups. Yep. Um, so like, it's okay in silver, you have to have two good matchups, but in infinity, you have to have five good matchups in a row. And that's very hard to do without tech. Um, and kind of like going through this existential crisis, like came to the realization, like, okay, I like decks that are clever and play small cards. I'm not a big fan of big cards, generally speaking. Okay. Um, and that can actually compete. So it's like um, lockdown, which is basically aggro. Quinny Equinox noticed that a month or two ago, and I'm like, yeah, yep. that's that's perfect. Lockdown is the aggro in this. You stop your opponent from being able to do the big stuff before they, you know, you get there before they do. Yep. Um, a bounce mini move, which is you know like the silky smooth. Yep. Um, anything with Valkyrie. <laughs> uh, Hitmonkey and Elsa, I've really liked those cards. Um, and so I'm excited for them to probably maybe be viable again. Yeah, um, it looks like Elsa might be making a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, and Glenn's, Glenn kind of said, stay tuned for Elsa yeah, maybe I, getting a buff. I and would then be surprised we have, if that wasn't in this coming patch, actually. Yeah. Yep. Right. And then we have Black Swan, who obviously is a Hitmonkey-friendly card. Yeah, definitely. Um, or at least a small cards-friendly card. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I like decks that can let me do clever things and can compete without playing giant cards. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, uh, I've always, I don't know, I guess you could kind of say since the start, I'm more of a, I'm more of a combo guy, I guess, if you want to call it that. And that's, I mean, that, that it. I liked ramp when, when it first came out. So I was always into like the electro, the, the wave, like ramping a deck out. Um, and then of course, when I pulled Galactus and I tell people this story too, the, mm -hmm. it's the reason why I like him because I got him from an original cache. So when, when they first put big bads into caches, I was like, Oh my God, I want Thanos. Cause I'm a big Thanos fan from the MCU. But um when i when i pulled galactus i'm like oh wow i just I, I opened a cache one day and there it is i'm like oh my gosh i got a big bat in a cache and they were rare I like you do the stats yeah. like super hard to get very very rare yeah and i pulled it and then I, and i'm seeing it and i'm looking at it like why the hell would i want to play this why would i want to destroy the other two locations and, and but then i didn't realize and now you're then so it took me a little bit and then I start to see the people that actually got it and are playing it with, and they lock you down with the Spider-Man and they do all this other stuff. And I'm like, ah, and I'm like, look what I missed now for like the last month or so that I could have been using because probably no one had the card. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's really, it's fun that, you know, people can choose like all different kinds of ways to play. But I love what you said about the difference between ladder and conquest um ladder and, and the way i've seen it is and i and i am not i have not hit infinite yet uh i the closest i got was 99 i literally got to 99 so sad. oh my god i was so that 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 story and i tell everybody this story on the show i got to 99 and i and i'm playing the game and i'm literally sitting there like I, i'm i'm a grown man sitting there and i'm almost like shaking because i'm like mm -hmm. all right i gotta get it i gotta get it i got and then i lose and then i'm like all right I lot and then I lose again and then I lose again and then and I'm that now I'm mad I'm like all right nope I'm gonna stop this dumb losing streak and I'm gonna by the time I was done I dropped to 83 from that yeah so killer and I, and I never recovered 
I never recovered. And, and I get, I, I could get back to 90 pretty easily. And for whatever reason, I just don't, but it, it's great because I've had people on this show. I've had other people that I've watched and stuff like that. And, and I'm starting to learn and uh, that there, there are, you know, there are certain, like we, we spoke about a little bit earlier, there's certain ways to play this. You have to know when you don't have a chance and get out. And that's the biggest thing. If, if you're sticking around thinking, ah, I'm going to pull this card, you're going to lose and you're going to lose four cubes or you're going to lose eight cubes. So yeah, that's, it's, it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's a cool part of the game. Um, but yeah, it's, I could see your point though about conquest. You, it's definitely tech heavy. Uh, no doubt. I think, I think it's a struggle with the game's design because snapping and retreating are what make this game special. Yep. Um, but they're not very casual player friendly. Yes. Um, you know, they are they are gamer moves, like retreating and feeling good about retreating. That's a gamer yep. thing. Like, yep. like I minimized my losses yep. woo, instead of Yay. playing the game. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's not exciting. And I think like early game players, you know, you have curiosity, like I want to see what they're doing. Um, you have like that gambling, like, oh, if I top deck the one thing I need, then maybe I can actually pull this off. And that's always exciting. Um, but like curiosity is, is that kills your run when you're trying to climb. Um, but I think, I think early game players have to do that. That's how you learn the game. That's how you learn what opponents play lines are and learn how to identify decks. It's like, you have to stay in and see what they're doing, even if you know, you're going to lose, but that is so anti-climbing. And I've mm. seen more casual players say like, they need to get rid of snapping and retreating because staying in the game and seeing who wins is the more fun thing to do. Which I think is maybe part of why I like Conquest because it gets to a point where it's like, if I retreat, I'm dead. So yep. I'm staying in no matter what. I'm playing to my outs. Like I gotta struggle. And every now and then you can do that win where you're, you know, two versus eight and you you end up pulling it yeah. off. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's I I I don't think they should cut snapping and retreating. I think that's what makes the game interesting. Yeah, I but, agree. But it's also like if you are not climbing to infinite, that's it's almost definitely a snapping or retreating issue. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that having you know, my first six months playing or first five months, I didn't get infinite. Yep. And then I finally did uh, Jeff season. April was my first. And then I missed it the next season. I was like, oh, I thought I figured this out. And I did <laughs> very similar to you. I got to like 96, 98, something like that. And then just tanked 20 ranks. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I know what that's like. I know what that huge tank is like. I used to do it every season, 10 to 20 ranks, and it feels awful. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. I think wow. I I think anybody can be coached how to get to infinite. I think you could get there totally. Um I have Blazer uh, kind of is No, go ahead. I was gonna say Blazer is kind of the one who coached me there the first time, or actually yep. it was the second time. <laughs> I had like a season where I didn't get it, and I was like, oh, I'm never gonna do it again. And he's like, <laughs> play this deck. Play it smart. If you have your things, stay in. If you don't, retreat. Yep. And it was like it was so hard to be disciplined about it. But having somebody to report back to, like, had a little glazer on my shoulder telling me, like, don't stay in. I know you're curious, but it, don't do it. It's not smart. Uh, and so I kind of like I, I find it a more boring way to play. But that's how I've made it to infinite every season since it's just like, okay, I'm in boring mode right now. And if that's... I get sick of boring mode, I have to go to conquest and be silly for a little bit. Yep. 
Yeah, that's a great that's a great look at it. Um, I've had uh, uh, Glaze, Glazer's fantastic. Glazer is on my show. Uh, he volunteered to come on, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. Uh, it, when he reached out to me, I'm like, really? <laughs> Glazer wants to come on. I'm like, wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I love what he does. Uh, he does some some amazing stuff. But yeah, you're you're 100 right, and that's why I switched to Conquest uh, because I'm like, I don't. When that happened, I'm like, I don't want the pressure. I just want to mess around. I want to play. If I lose, who cares? Uh, you know, if I win the match, great. But like you were saying too, where the con- and I know there's people who like conquest and dislike it for different reasons. People I think that are casuals don't necessarily like it as much because it's not as fast. You have to sit for 20 mm-hmm. minutes to play a game, or maybe sometimes more. It depends. Um, so that kind of goes against the whole thing with snap where most of the time you're playing a game in two minutes, three minutes, and you're, you know, you're done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you're, it, you know, and the RNG thing when you're playing on ladder, it's RNG. It's a lot of it is who gets what, like we were talking early in the show, is this guy playing destroy? And did he get bar sinister? If he did, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> just leaving. Yeah, yeah. I'm just leaving. So, and, and a lot of one thing, one of the things I found, and I have, I laugh about this because I'm a night owl. I stay up late most of the time. Um, and that's a lot of times when I play Marvel snap because I come home from work and I'm kind of, you know, unwinding and then I'll play some games of snap. Well, a lot of times I'll start to play, you know, it's 11 o'clock, it's 1130. And then I look at the clock, it's be like one in the morning and I'm still trying to play. That is when I will tank. I will start going on major losing streaks. And it's like, stop playing and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, don't, don't keep doing this to yourself. And then I look at the clock and before you know it, now it's 2 AM and I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I not just put the game down and just go to to sleep? And then I'm telling people, I'm like, I don't know. Does this get harder? Like, am I playing harder opponents at nighttime? Like, is it a time? <laughs> no, stupid. It's because you're tired and you really shouldn't be playing now. Anyway. Your brain's not there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've I have started describing the climb to infinite, and then also I almost never play since they've added the ranking. Once you hit infinite, um, it used to be you could just keep climbing. You could reach rank two hundred, which hardly anybody did, but you could. Um, and now you get a completely different number. Once you hit infinite, you get yes. the number that represents your global rank. rank. And yep. one is the best number now, not the highest number possible. Yep. Um, I don't find that leaderboard competition very interesting. And so typically yeah. I just go to conquest or else infinity is my, or infinite rank is like my, my playground. Yeah. But for one season, I decided I'm going to try climbing. I'm just going to see what this is like to be competitive and to climb. And I climbed from 99,000 to 996. Oh, you know, a wow. big, okay. big climb. Yeah. Um, which, um, admittedly, getting to like three thousand was pretty fast. Um, but after that, it was it was quite grindy. Um, and like the lesson I took from that is getting climbing in ladder, whether that's trying to get to infinite or trying to hit ninety for the gold, or you know, competing on the global leaderboard. It's just a measure of how long you can be disciplined with your yes. snapping and retreating. Yeah. And you really kind of have to be robotic about it. I know you've talked about some of the, like the Lambie videos before and yes. his, his are so helpful. They it's like are. you have to take the emotion out of it. And sometimes you do just get a bad luck streak and you have to retreat for the sixth time. And that feels bad. And you're like, I've, I've retreated the last five games. This yep. game should be a winner. And it's like, no, you're just as likely to match into something <laughs> as you yep. were the last five games. Like yep. if you're on a bad streak, it's better to have lost six cubes over six games than to lose 14, like, or I guess 15, um, 13 math. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's like my takeaway. Like if you're trying to climb, you know, you do have to learn some skills. You do have to learn the game. You have to understand the meta a little bit. You have to learn how to identify decks. You have to learn when your deck is doing its thing and you snap when your deck is doing its thing. Um, and I, I've started thinking, and this is a Lambieism. I've started thinking like, it's my deck that's snapping and retreating. It's not me, it's my yes. deck. If it's doing its thing, if things are in the right state, I snap. If things are in a bad state, I retreat. Yep. Um, and it's it's really just, you have to be disciplined. And if you're not in the mental state to be disciplined, go play go play a different game mode. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, yeah. I compare it to, I, when, I was, when I was younger, you know, like in my teens or so, myself and a couple other friends started to play poker. And it is very similar to poker in that respect. Yes. You, you know, it's it's like the old Kenny Rogers song. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Um, and, and it's very similar, you know, except in poker, there's real money at stake. So you, it's almost funny. Like if you were, could you imagine if you're playing snap and you're playing each game for money? And it's almost like you have to think of it that way. Do I want to lose like 10 bucks on this game? Would I want to lose this right now with what I have in my hand? And if you use that mentality, it's it's like yeah, that you'll you'll play better. I had Gunny T on our on my show uh, this past week or so. He seems like he wants to approach what he does that way, and I think it's great. I think it's great to listen to folks like you, you know, and people like that who want to and Lambie, of course, uh, who want to talk more about the psychology of the game, and they want to talk more about okay. This, these are the kind of things that you need to do because I think a lot of people would get a lot from that um, in the, you know, especially like people that are just kind of coming into the game, knowing that, all right, you know, this is the way that you should do this because if you don't, you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to, you're going to lose a lot. And, you know, but then I get on the other side of it, like you said, it's okay to lose. And that's what I think you're right. This game, I think people just, you just want to win. You naturally just want to win games. And when you know that part of playing Marvel Snap is you just can't, and you just have to know when to leave. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've seen going into Snap Zone stats, I've seen players who climb to infinite um, or who have very good performing decks and they have win rates below 50%. And it's like, you know, those kind of decks are like the hella decks or the negative decks yeah, where it's like the when they do their thing, big. they do it big. Yep. And other and when you don't do your thing, you retreat. Those are the ones that have high Q rates, but low win rates because yep. um, they're easy to identify the snap and retreat patterns, um, which I also, by the way, think those are great decks for learning the game because yeah. knowing your snap and retreat patterns is is critical. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I know that it can be really disheartening to be on Twitter and to see like everybody who like first week infinite or 24 hours infinite was really easy. The easiest yes. one forever, played tons of bots. Yes. Like it can be so discouraging. And you're like, you go and play their same deck and it just like takes you nowhere. Yeah. Um, and so I try, I know I haven't been perfect at this, but I try to be sensitive to that because I spent five-ish months as a player who couldn't hit infinite. And I know what it's like to tank your rank a ton. And I know how discouraging it is to see players who you think are like, you know, your peers, they can yep. get to infinite easily. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Yep. Um, but I really think it's just, it's a, it's a skill and learning how to think of the game in a different way. You're exactly right. It's we're inclined to want to win every game. And that's, that's not what winning in snap is. Winning in snap is winning over the long term. Yes. Having a positive cube game. Yep. 
Yeah, it, it's it's great. I get uh, I get comments uh, on Twitter from people saying that, hey, um, you know, it's nice to hear from somebody that isn't hitting infinite every single month. And not yeah. and, and they're right. Like I started watching the bigger creators. I wanted to get ideas on gun and tips on decks and all that kind of stuff. But what you got to realize, and this is when I started to kind of think to it, uh, of it in this way too. When you're when you're a casual player uh, like myself, you know I have a, I you know I work nine to ten to five, nine to five every single day. I come home, I've got family stuff that I do, and this and that. And and so when you just have an hour or two a day, you know I think sometimes you got to rationalize it to yourself when you're watching a creator and they make it look so simple, but they're playing for five hours sometimes mm -hmm. in a clip. So sure, you know, like you were saying, exactly. It, it, it's a long haul. And if you're playing over the course of four to five hours, that long haul, they're going to lose too. A lot of times, maybe you don't see that in their videos because they're cutting the losses out. Some of them don't, and some of them show it, which I think is great. But they're still playing probably way more than people are that can just play an hour or two a day. So of course it's going to be difficult, yeah. and I think people need to need to realize that, and that's why you know I I, I try to bring that to light here because it's like I get you, I, I totally understand that, um, but yeah, it's it's you have to you have to realize that when you're seeing like you said all that stuff on Twitter or wherever you're seeing it, it's not it's not everybody, and not everybody can do that. Yeah, I mean you have to think like if your cube rate is positive but low, you know, let's say like a zero point one something like that cube rate. You can play what 20 games an hour or something like that that means you're getting two cubes every hour like you will hit infinite eventually but you have to play a lot to do that and some of those players like you're talking about the ones who you know the creators they play so much more some of them who are getting the first week infinite they may be playing more in the first week than you play in the entire season 100 percent, 100 percent. yep absolutely I love this. I didn't even get to a slide and I didn't have to. This is fantastic. <laughs> what a great conversation. Um, I'm going to keep you for like another nine minutes if that's cool. And we'll just kind of wrap yeah. this up. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to keep you all day. I know you've probably got things to do. Um, but I don't. Wanna, we could go oh, longer if you want. Oh, all right. Hey, cool. I'm fine with talking. All right, cool. Let's get into um, we've got a new season, obviously, starting. Um, so uh the discard season which <laughs> i'm sure you're probably not necessarily a, a huge fan of this uh because of uh because of what's coming up but um not necessarily all the cards are going to be discarded i am i'm kind of digging it because of the lore of this whole thing because i'm a big big thanos fan um i've got like a, a the, the big infinity gauntlet that they came out with uh, the the one that lights up and you can wear it on your hand I've, i'm big big into thanos i love the comic book uh for uh for that and uh when he came into the movies i was absolutely thrilled to see him uh, on a big screen. So we have the black order, uh, this, this month. Uh, so it's all of the, the children of Thanos and, uh, I am not, there we go. Hey, okay. <laughs> We've got, um, and these have been changed. Uh, so a lot of this stuff has been updated and changed. I think a lot of people are kind of surprised. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't know why people get surprised by data mines anymore. I mean, data mines right. are data mines. Like, why are you expecting data mines to be exactly 100% how they were data mined? They're not going to probably release that way. Um, yeah. But this looks like it's going to be a discard season. Now, Black Swan, of course, is a season pass card. She comes out today. So are you excited for Black Swan? I, well, I, I would imagine you might be. Uh, 
because of what you were mm -hmm. saying to me that you like, this is going to be a big discard card or not discard. This is going to be a big, like small uh, cards, card, uh, like uh, hit monkey and stuff like yeah. that. It's going to go really well with bounce. Um, so are you excited about the season pass today? I'm very excited about black. Tomorrow. Spawn. She and tomorrow. Yeah. She and super giant, which I think is the next one we'll look at are the two that, are the most interesting to me. They have the most like creative deck building potential in my mind. Um, Black Swan, I think some people will be like, will Zoo finally be okay? But I don't think Kyra brought Zoo back. So I don't know if Black Swan will either. Um, certainly possible. Like one costs tend to have better stats, like more efficient stats than most cards, yeah. right? Like a one, two would be a six, 12. That's pretty good. Um, but that's just energy efficiency. You also have to think about card efficiency. Like, okay, so I can drop seven one drops on the last turn. What does that accomplish for me? Yep. Um, but yeah, I think I think she's going to be really fun. I think there are some one toss that you can do some clever things with for sure. Yeah. Um, not just hit monkey. I think like uh, flooding the board with, I don't know. Uh, I have to go to my Valkyrie, like Ant-Man pairing with Valkyrie, um, saving that for the last turn instead of leaving him vulnerable on the board forever. Uh, it's pretty exciting to me. I had an amazing Valkyrie play with Grandmaster. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, am I going to get this to work? And it was the only way I could have beaten a person because they had me beat in both the, the middle and the right lane pretty with a lot of big power. But I had more cards than they did in both lanes. So I was able to Valkyrie oh, the yeah. one lane, bounce her to the middle, and Valkyrie the middle lane. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm like, this is fantastic. Um, that's a great card. I think it's a really, really underappreciated card for how good it is. Um, especially when, card. it really is especially when you get metas like this when everybody wants to just go big on every single thing and they're playing all these huge creatures and stuff there uh it's it's yeah i think it's a really really fun card great variants too i love the peach momoko variant of valkyrie it's so mm -hmm. good it's so good yeah people always ask me what my favorite is because i'm like very openly like valkyrie is my favorite card yeah. um kind of like everybody knows what your favorite card is yes um, oh i no doubt <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's like, I don't really like the art germs. I'm like, uh, I've heard Glazer talk about this too, where like he loves the Dan Hips. It's like, I want my comic book cards to look like comic books, not realistic. Yes. Uh, yes. The art germ art is beautiful, but it just doesn't feel like comic book characters to me. They're like portraits. It's almost like he uh -huh. does like portrait pictures of characters. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's a lot of people that are very on the fence with that. They either like, love them, or it's like, yeah, it's kind of not for me. Even though, even when, even the comic book covers that, that, that he did are, are the same way. I've had people that are comic collectors are like yeah they they don't do anything for me so yeah yep yep totally yeah. get so, that i mean i finally finally did pick up the art term because we have character mastery coming and i'm like i'm gonna get all the valkyries now yeah so i still have to get baby valkyrie whenever that shows up but <laughs> like i love the rian gonzalez i love the peach momoko but my valkyrie that i run all the time is pixel valkyrie <laughs> yes i love the pixel valkyrie actually that you know what it's so funny i'm gonna start doing uh and i got inspired by uh the 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 kid snap uh i love those guys they're hilarious they do like 80s themed kind of stuff and it's great um but they they do this game on, on their show and i said you know what i need to come up with a gimmick like that so i'm gonna do a i'm gonna do a guest a pixel game at some point on my show and i'm like because everybody hates pixels uh, but which I mean, when you grew up with, like we were talking about earlier, you grew up with like Nintendo stuff and you said, it's like, it's not so bad. That's how they looked on the screen when you could, you know, yeah. when, back in the day, 
but yeah, um, I was so excited when the Pixel Galactus came out until I saw like he looked like he got punched in the face. When you yeah, look at the one... right side, it looks like he's whole, has a big either a wad of gum in his mouth or yeah. like the face is so bad. <laughs> oh man, that's great. So what I always remind people with the the Pixel ones is they were done by G Angle, who that's an entire studio. So people are like, why are the pixels? I mean, some people just hate them universally. I'm much yes. more like they're hit and miss. Some of them are amazing. Some of mm -hmm. them are bad. Some of them are so bad they're good. And yes. hell cow. They really are like it's. There are a bunch of different artists because they're all from the same studio. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I think Valkyrie is one of the very good ones. Yeah, Valkyrie is a cool one. You know which one I love, and I I just got it maybe three weeks ago. Jubilee, Jubilee's mm. pixels amazing. When I yeah, looked at that them, one's like, very looks... retro game. Oh my gosh, it reminded me of like a it, well, I, I said I'm a big Final Fantasy guy. So when I looked at that, I'm like, wow, this looks like Final Fantasy like five or four or five, like the graphics from that. I'm like, yeah, it's literally one of my favorite ones. I, I love it. So um, all right. So Black Swan, yeah, I, I think she's uh I think she's gonna be a good card. I think you're gonna see a lot of people uh using like you were saying, maybe they'll try zoo out, uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll go to bounce. I know bounce is always kind of a go-to for a lot of people, people even playing like a Nihilus bounce right now. That's a, that's a big deck that's out there. So. Yeah. I think she's gross and bounce. You can either do like, uh, like on the, on turn five, you could do Falcon black Swan. We should say black Swan's a three, five now. Yep. You mentioned that she changed, but I don't know if we said, um, but like Falcon black Swan's like, I'm going to bring back all my one costs and then make them free. Yep. Or if you did, um, black Swan, before you dropped all your ones and then drop them and and then the turn that you're dropping them for free you can use beast to pick them right back up and then they're free again yeah like, that's sick yeah she seems uh, <laughs> really <laughs> probably too good in bounce um i don't think there's any way she survives as a three five <laughs> yeah yeah oh they changed her didn't they yeah they did yeah yeah she's i think i have the updated ones too i had all the other well there's a rian gonzalez by the way that it's i think so that, good it is so good that comes out this month <laughs> I love that Elias. I do too. I think that's uh, it's uh, he the, the the stuff he does is so much fun. Um, let me see if I have the updated. She Rian is a woman. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yes, that's right. There we go. That's the right. That's the updated one. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Five. All right. There we go. Yes. Um. So yeah. So Black Swan is a is an interesting card. Um, I'm going to talk about her lore a little bit later. She appeared in like a uh, Dark Avengers comic, I think was the first time that I ever saw her. She wasn't in the Infinity Gauntlet comics. Um, so she's a more recently developed yeah, character. Yeah. New to the Black Order, right? Or newer. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then we have uh, is Supergiant today as well, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So we have Supergiant as well. Um, this I'm thinking to myself, well, this is going to bring Eliath back. Uh, there's, there's, if, yep. <laughs> if, if people aren't playing Eliath now, they're going to, uh, one super giant releases. So, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get to reveal those cards and that's exactly what Eliath wants because you, then you play Eliath. They can't reveal the cards they played the turn before and they're all getting eaten by Eliath on the last turn if they have priority. So what do you think of super giant? She is the hardest read this season for me. Okay. Um, I think that there's a real risk that she's going to be like a grandmaster where everybody thinks she's awesome. And then it turns out that she's kind of like too much work to do. Um, of course, four or five is a lot more usable than two zero. Um, 
I mean, not like flexibility wise, but like when she whiffs, like at yeah. least decent stats. Yeah. Plus with Zabu, she's even cheaper. Um, yeah, so I think using her offensively is super interesting. And yeah, that's Eliath. And then the other ones I've been thinking of are Taskmaster, Absorbing Man, and Mystique, because you then play them face down on five and they'll copy whatever you play on six, which is, mm. that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then of course, Valkyrie on five, I think is also kind of interesting. Um, but saving her until the end of the game because you know she's stronger at the end of the game yep and i guess you could do that with like an enchantress and shang chi and like all, all the ones that are stronger when they get to go last yes um but she's also really strong as a defensive card you know she ruins sarah she ruins leech finally we have something that counters leech oh i know um you know uh you're gonna mess up modok like yes uh, However, her ability changed because it was originally until the end of next turn. So like if you had priority, you could mess up your opponent's current turn and the next turn, yeah. like you could catch them off guard. And now it's like only the following turn. So your opponent always knows when she's active. So it's yes. not like you're gonna be able to completely obliterate the Modox in quite the same way, like surprise them, force them to mess up their Modox. They will know yeah. that their Modox has been messed up. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm just like, I don't know, like, it's great to have a leech counter, but, but they know it's a leech counter, so they just won't play their leech. They won't play um, it. Yep. 100%. So just like, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how she pans out and definitely I'm interested in using her in creative ways. Yeah. You're starting to see more people, uh, I, and I even tried it, it mess around with Ghost uh, since the patch, since the OTA. Um, so, because, you know, important to get that, to be able to flip first sometimes. Um, and uh, and Supergiant definitely actually helps that. But yeah, the Leech Counter thing is a great, uh, a great shout. I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that, but that's a, a great shout. And so many people are playing it now. Leech is in... Mm -hmm. in like Leech was in High Evo, I get it. it. It's it's been in there for a while, but now you're seeing Leech in so many other decks, and Leech is annoying. <laughs> it's an yeah, annoying I card. am not a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm I'm not either. Uh, it's sometimes you get to sneak away with it, depending on what you have in your hand, and then if you you know you if you grab a last card and the last card is actually pretty good, you can kind of sneak by. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Leech is, and I get it. I know they said that it's there because it tries to keep things in check. Um, yeah. I, and I get that. Um, but yeah, it's such an obnoxious card. He's a release valve. But yeah. so like Supergiant is a release valve for the release valve. Release <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, Corvus. Uh, these are your discard cards. Uh, Unreveal discard cards from your hand to get plus one max energy. So obviously discard decks are going to love this card uh the more energy you get the quicker you can do stuff i don't know whether he goes traditional discard or whether they go hello with this guy because of the energy and stuff like that that they're getting but either way um stat line's good three five um you know getting energy is a good thing so he probably will be pretty good in discard decks yeah and i think Black Knight, the third one after you know Hella. Yes, after and, Hella, yep. I think I think Black Knight will like this card. Yep. This is another one I don't totally get because like you don't see discard currently ever running electro or wave, so I don't know how much discard cares about that extra energy. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, in some ways, it's 
better hell cow, right? Like you sacrifice three power, but you get an extra energy. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, you know, in a deck that likes discarding things, I could definitely see this being good. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. He's a cool character. I, I liked him in the MCU and uh, in the comics. He was always like the, he's like Thanos' kind of right-hand guy. That uh, mm. So, yeah, I kind of like it. And next one, Call Obsidian. Uh, 410 can only play this where you have a one-cost card, which doesn't really seem like it's a big deal. Um, you know, I mean, again, you look at the, the ones that call for the big power. Like if you're, if you're playing black Knight, black Knight's a one cost, it would be in there anyway. Um, but this to me, probably the least exciting, I think card of the month. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you, what do you think? I agree. It's the least exciting. It used to have ongoing, can't be destroyed. Yes. Um, probably good that it lost that. Like if you look at the other four tens, they have drawbacks. Yep. Um, Atuma and Typhoid Mary, Typhoid and they're Mary. they're drawbacks that you can manage. I'd say Sentry is the only one that's like, if you build around Sentry, then his negative is actually a positive. Yeah, right? there's some cool things you can do with the Void. Um, the thing that flipped me the most on Cold Obsidian is that Glenn actually answered that you can play the one cost on the same turn as Cole. And that makes him quite a bit better because oh, he can okay. be more flexible that way. You're not tied into a location. If you have a one cost in your hand on turn five or six, you can play the one cost and then call. And and that makes him quite a bit better, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's not bad. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, why not? A, fi a turn five play and playing two cards and you're going to get 10 and whatever that one happens to be on the board. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Call Obsidian, of course, is the guy that uh, was was killed. Uh, they, a lot of the Black Order died in the movie. <laughs> they yeah. didn't really stick around very long. This poor guy got his arm chopped off in one of Doctor Strange's portals, uh, and then he also just got killed by uh, by getting sent up into the shield in Wakanda. So he he didn't survive very long. But uh, but yeah, another another big heavy bad guy with the, with high powered stats to deal with. Uh, Proxima Midnight. When this is discarded, jumps to your, uh, oh, I can't see the words over it, jumps to your lowest power location uh, that isn't full. Oh, boy. Uh, this this uh, this could be, I don't know, what do you think? The, traditional discard here almost, I think you can use this in? Yeah, I think this is really good. I think most discard decks are going to want her. Um, maybe. I mean, she's... She's better than Wolverine. She's better than Meek, right? Like, yes. those are the ones that you, you know, Wolverine is the one you discard and get for free. Yep. Um, so she does that. And then Meek is the one, like the discard card that helps you reach a hard to reach location. Maybe yes. she's not in Hella because Hella can reach hard to reach locations. Um, but in the other two, in, in traditional and in um, Black Knight, I think she'll be there. Um, yeah. Being able to just jump a seven power card into... Oh like uh, uh i don't know big house or um sanctum sanctorum sanctum. like really good yeah it she, is. she was a four six before now she's a four seven like those stats are ridiculous um <laughs> yeah, they are yeah for sure they definitely yeah are. like in a, i mean in a deck that's running modok like you're always gonna get her and and she jumps more intelligently than wolverine too wolverine's random like she's just like I'm going to go fill that location that you're losing. 
I mean, imagine, yeah, you like you said, you're playing Modoc on turn five. Um, you know, most of the time they do it with the apocalypse and everything in the swarms, but now you're going to get a, a seven, you're going to get seven power that's going to jump to a location on your board. Right. Which, yeah, your Modoc play is 15 power. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Just that turn. Yeah, that's that's kind of insane. And then not to mention you're going to get loads of swarms in your hand that can be played for free uh, on your next turn. And then an apocalypse that's pretty big. So, yeah, that's this may very well bring you may see traditional discard come back uh, and not just the Black Knight or Hella version. So, yeah, she's uh, going to be a very, very strong card. Uh, so um, this is nope, that's the patch. Um well, you know what? Let me talk about this real quick too. With you, so this this is Nina's. Uh, I love Nina. Uh, what she does with these, uh, they're they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the uh, balance update? Um, I thought that it was cool. I mean, the Luke Cage thing was cool. Um, I'm glad that kind of happened because high Evo negative and a lot of that kind of negative stuff has been running wild for a little bit. So that's kind of going to slow that down. It gives me a chance to play Man Thing. Man Thing, one of my favorite characters mm -hmm. in Marvel ever. Uh, now I'll get a chance to play him again, maybe in certain decks. Um, but what did you think of this overall? We had Ghost uh, got changed, went to a 3-5. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, nah, I don't know if that's still going to be used at a 5-9. Luke Cage is a 3-4 now, which was awesome. Uh, Hulkbuster, <laughs> this one, <laughs> they had mentioned that they're seeing too much destroy. Uh, this isn't going to stop that. And in fact, I think someone did the math. I, and I, it, it escapes me now. I was listening to a podcast that they did. And they talked about doing the math on it. This actually helps Deadpool discard. Uh, because they, they, they did all the math and how, how high Deadpool can end up getting. And of course that's all selective and everything like that, but they came up with a thing saying that this actually helps instead of hurts. And then of course we got Heimdall. Heimdall just needed a little bump and I don't think that's too bad, but what did you think of the OTAs overall? Mm, yeah. Heimdall totally obvious. Like I, I, that one makes sense. Keep him yeah. safe from Shang, but six, eight has always been kind of weak. Yep. Um, Hulkbuster yes deadpool's ceiling is higher now but that in but that's because playing hulkbuster early lets you get more destroys in later yes so it's like you have to have the perfect draw to make deadpool better now than he used to be but still like and i think glenn even answered that where it's like we think that making it more like more efficient on curve isn't enough to balance out how much weaker it is. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting that we heard Deadpool was the strongest destroy deck. Um, I don't know if I would have guessed that before yep. they said so. Yep. Um, Ghost, I think. Ghost is just a hard card. Like, it's an interesting power, but most of the decks that want to go second, they can go second just by playing smart. Yep. And then Eliath makes guaranteeing going second scary now um as much as i've used Eliath because it's a great card it's it's my least favorite card in the game it completely changed like the rules of the game right like it used to be going second is the stronger position and there were yes. cards who could take advantage of going first um you know you're uh maybe it's just juggernaut at this point <laughs> used to be arrow um i don't know there must be others but you know, there are some cards that benefit from going first, but it wasn't so decisive, right? And Eliath is like so decisive and, oh, no and makes it just like completely, and you don't know if your opponent's playing Eliath. So it's just like, is going second the stronger position? I don't know. Um, 
And that, I guess that's the part that I like the least is that one player knows if going second is the stronger, but the other one doesn't. Um, agreed. Yeah, twenty ninety nine. I understand they want to try to make a different type of move deck, but I don't think five nine is enough mm. to make him worth playing. And then Luke, I'm so mixed on because offensively, I think he's great. Like, yep. or or even defensively. I guess when you're the one playing Luke, he's great. It, you get to counter things like Haivo. It makes Man Thing and Hazmat quite a bit more playable. Yep. Um, but I kind of feel like three is still too cheap for his ability when you're when you're on the other side, like he's, he's so decisive and you can drop mm. him on the last turn as a surprise. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about Luke yet. And of course, <laughs> part of it is he's very anti Valkyrie and I love Valkyrie. That is but, true. Um, but I like it when man thing and hazmat can be playable and it's not like they've suddenly become top tier decks, right? Like, yeah, just... but it was very hard for them to deal with Luke being a single lane. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I have seen, I've seen people trying to play 2099. I, I did play against a couple move decks that were trying to play him with ghost spider and, and then, uh, move him again with Heimdall and stuff like that. But both times I beat the deck and it was like, yeah, I, I just <laughs> think it's clunky and I don't think people are going to play with it that much. Ghost, yeah. ghost always intrigued me as a, an on reveal, mostly player, it, especially when I was playing Galactus. I thought, oh, this is going to be great now. I could definitely go first. But eh, like you said, it, it's not that big of a deal because if you're playing right, you can time that out anyway, and it's not something you really need to do. Um, but yeah, Luke but she's the opposite. She, she makes sure you always go second. Second, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it the, yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's not necessarily a card that I think is going to get played now that it was that it was that it was given that improvement. But uh, Luke Cage was definitely the standout card uh, in this. Yes. no doubt about that. So um, there's a big. So um, I'm going to just put up these really quickly because we have. Uh, if I get the right slide, hopefully. Um... Da, da, da. Where did you go? Oh, the card. I love these. Mm -hmm. I love the card backs from this month. I think they're phenomenal. Although I would have wanted um, this one. I would have hoped that this one would have been a gold one, but I guess I could see why they did. It would have been too much gold. It's on already gold. gold. Yeah, yeah, it would have been too much um, gold on gold. Uh, that one's going to look awesome in 3D. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, this is the this is the pat this is the conquest card uh, that you get for the month of Gamora, so that's kind of cool. Oh, and these uh, these are the locations that, that they're going to have Sanctuary Two. Um, of course, that's Thanos' ship. Add a random Infinity Stone to your hand. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's a little like, like a little bit of a weird one here. I guess it could be good. It depends on what stone you get. Um, but you know, you get the purple stone that does nothing. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's certain ones that it's yeah, okay. one three that's like something. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of kind of cool, but it's really going to be RNG dependent. Um, Black Vortex, the first card you play here becomes a random six cost card. This could kind of be a little insane. Uh, yeah, depending on what the what the RNG is like. Uh, you know, you could end up with a, a, a fantastic six card or you can end up with garbage, uh, depending on what it is. But uh, th these both seem like they're they're going to be kind of fun, I guess. 
I mean, if you're a Thanos player and you get Sanctuary too, it's just giving you an extra stone, I guess. So it's not yeah. really going to hurt you at all. So um, what do you think of that? While we're on that subject, what do you think of Thanos overall? Um, I know it's huge. It's It's been big since Blob. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, some of these cards help the Thanos deck as well. So, I mean, what do you what do you think of Thanos in the meta? A lot of people are kind of I even mean, talking about him that want they they want to see it changed a little bit or depowered a little bit. But I don't even know how you would do it. They've already nerfed some of the stones. But what what do you think of Thanos? He's probably my favorite big bad. Okay. Um, I mean, Hyevo is also very interesting, but obnoxious to play against. Um, Somebody pointed out once, I don't know if it's ever been explicitly stated, but that the big bads break, you know, of course they don't ever drop series, but that's yes. kind of irrelevant now. Like, is Jeff ever going to drop series? Yeah, it is. Um, but the big bads, the thing that they do most interestingly is they like break the fundamental rules of the game. Yep. Right. And I mean, in a way, every card breaks a rule of the game, right? Like that's, that's what cards with abilities do is, Hey, here's a way that you can do something that's against the rules. Um, but you know, uh, Kang makes it so it's not a six-turn game. Galactus makes it so it's not a three-location game. Thanos makes it so it's not a 12-card deck. Yeah. Um, I think they're super cool that way. Yep. Um, yeah. Thanos, I think, is is the most interesting. And he I think he also has the most deck building potential. Like mm. um, we've seen a lot of different Thanos decks. Um Thanos Lockjaw is uh, Lockjaw probably needs needs to be adjusted. Um, I don't know. Thanos is funny because he's been nerfed like three times, and every time people are like, "Oh, he's dead," and then he comes back, comes right <laughs> he's back, doing just <laughs> fine. Yep. Like, uh, you know, like Soulstone losing its own reveal. Like, yeah, that really hurt Thanos decks, but also it doesn't seem like it hurt them enough, yep. Um, yep. or at least not enough to kill it. I think he was the first big bad that I got. I was not like was you. I never drew a series five card from the from the collection track when that was possible. I've gotten a few. I'm trying to think back now because I, like I said, Galactus was the first one. But I've I've gotten I had a decent amount of them. Surprisingly enough, I, and I never. I usually luck and me aren't one in the same um you know even when i was playing magic and stuff like that to draw like a super rare or rare card was you know few and far between for me but i got a few of them um but yeah it's i yeah i agree i i don't know i don't know if there's anything you could do with him tell me about lockjaw because i saw I, I feel the same way you do lockjaw how do you fix that how can you fix that card because they already tried they tried to yeah. mess around with it a little bit but to me, it just still is in, in decks like this. Um, and obviously now they're, it, it's in the Thors. So the Thors deck is out there now with Lockjaw. The card, yes, it's a hit or miss. Um, I get it. You're, you're gambling. It's, it's you're gambling. It's not going to be a, a, a one drop at some point. Or you're gambling. It's going to be a high drop. Um, but I don't know. Like, what, what would you do with other than, to me, at this point, they'd have to rework the card, I think. You could try making it a four cost. Mm. Um, and then it's like they either get one less draw or they have to run Zabu, which is now a bad thing to come out of uh, Lockjaw. Yep. 
it might kill Lockjaw, honestly, to make him a four cost. Um, and you can always tune power, but I don't think Lockjaw's ever winning because of his two power. I mean, I shouldn't say ever. Obviously happens sometimes, but um, I don't know. He's a really fun card, and he's got, like, you know, thematically very cool ability. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the decks, they can just, they can run so top-heavy and yep. perform just fine. Yep. Yep. No I, doubt. I don't yeah, it might it might have to be a rework. Maybe he turns into like a, a Tarnax four, where you play a card there and it turns into a random card. He mm. warps in something from outside your deck. Yeah, um, which could still be useful, right? Like I was going to ask because oh, of no Black doubt. Vortex, what you think about Tarnax? Because I know some people hate Tarnax. I love Tarnax, but I mostly play cheap cards that do cool things or uh, <laughs> low power cards that do cool things. So it's like, I get to do my cool thing and then turn into a card with more power. Yes. Yeah. I I, I mean, the thing with Lockjaw is he's very, he's very comic accurate. He teleports mm -hmm. people. That's exactly what he right. does. So he's teleporting cards from your deck. Um, so he's very, very comic book accurate. So I, I, yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know how it thinks. I mean, the only, what the one thing I was thinking is you, uh, because he's inhuman, you can have him bring in a random inhuman card. So like a mm. black bolt or a Medusa yeah. or, uh, or, or yeah, like the, the inhumans could, could get brought. So I don't know, maybe if they want to do something different with him, but yeah, I don't know. I know it's a card that a lot of people have, you know, they're either uh, they're up and down, up or down on depending upon what's, what's popular at what time, but he still goes back. He comes back. Like he goes away for a little bit, then he'll mm -hmm. show back up again when something else comes out. So it's yep. an interesting question. Um, we also, along with the uh, along with the new card releases, obviously tomorrow and the season pass starting, um, we have a big patch coming up this week. Like a, the, the supposedly a game, uh, a ga an actual gameplay patch uh, where they're gonna sh not not just do like their normal things to the cards and stuff like that. But this is supposed to be content for that they may have talked about on the roadmap or something else that's coming out this week, uh, at least from what I've heard. So uh, I brought this up. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this because this was a sticking point for me when this first came out. When they brought this whole album thing into play, um, I can, you know, I remember they were talking about the uh, the emotes and they got everybody excited about the emotes. Oh, look at all these emotes. You saw them at Comic-Con and everybody was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I could have all these emotes. And then they bring out the albums and the albums are all cards that are usually, you know, now the Dan Hips. And some of the uh, some of the Jim Lee ones were seven hundred price, but for the most part, a lot of these albums are all twelve hundred price uh, variants. And these, as of right now, are the only way you can pull those emotes um, by completing these albums. So <clears throat> they did say they were working on them, um, and I don't know. Maybe we, we, you know, these are some. Of, now I do see some pixels up here, so that's kind of cool. Uh, a pixel discarder, a pixel destroy. So obviously they're themed pixels. Um, and then low cost, high impact. So Nebula, I guess these are all low cost cards. So what did you think of albums in general? Um, I mean, they're, they're for collectors, obviously, you know, the, the variant collectors and stuff like that. And we talked about the economy earlier. Um, but what do you think about these? Uh, are they good for the game? Is it something you even care about? Like for me, it's like, do I care or not? If they come out with a Galactus one, I'm going to want it. But other than that, favorite cards and stuff it's not something that i really am that concerned about um so what, what do you think of albums 
I think they are a clever way to monetize whales. Ooh, I think yeah. one of the problems that they have with monetizing cosmetics, which I see people be upset that like, oh, we get so much less gold now. And it's like, yeah, but it's also like, it should be a good thing that they're monetizing. The monetization has shifted towards cosmetics and away from content. Yep. Right. Um, that should be good for everybody. And yes, as a free to play player, you can't get as many cosmetics, but you're getting more new cards. Um, that should be a good swap. Uh, and then I think they have the problem that people get one cool variant for a card and they don't need any more. Like um, the Conquest Gamora. She's awesome, but I already have two yeah, variants that I love. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I'll still play Conquest, but you know, if she was coming out as a as a gold card or a or a bundle, I wouldn't like I wouldn't be motivated by the variant itself because I already have a, a Gamora variant that I love. Um, and I guess that's something that character mastery does too, because you you get mastery for splits, but you get more mastery for new variants. So that's another way that you're motivating people to get multiple variants for the same card. Um, so mostly with my attitude that it's like, it's a, it's a good thing that they're monetizing cosmetics. I should be happy with albums because that's what they're doing. And I can just look at them and be like, those aren't for me. Or I will complete them in very slow motion. And maybe in like a year, I will randomly get variants to get a few rewards here and there. Um, but I am personally sad that the emotes are all locked behind albums because I love emotes. Yeah, I mean, yep. Uh, I don't know that emotes should be a whale thing, but also they're cosmetic. So I kind of have to like practice what I preach there and be like, mm, even though it's sad for me, I have to be happy that, that uh, they're not monetizing content instead. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I think at some point they should just give you, give, give, they should just put in a pack of emotes for people. Even yeah. if it's, if it's five bucks, and let people get like four emotes for five bucks or something like that. I, I, then that I think maybe might make people a little bit happy about it. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, need to, to hide them all behind these things. And they're not easy. I have the Dan Hip one uh, completed. That's the only one I've gotten. But that was because I had a whole bunch of them to start with for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's it's cool and everything. It's a collection thing, like you said. Um, and it, it definitely is generated toward people who are going to spend because that does some of those, uh, some, some of the people I couldn't believe it. Cause I, I can, I spent a good amount of money on this, but, uh, and I, I would designate myself as probably being a whale, but yet I've seen people who got that gala one and had it done in like the first day. I'm like, Oh yeah. God, I mean, you've got, <laughs> it's a lot. You've got super tech God who has, who's variant complete. It's just yep. incredible to not <laughs> only crazy. get that point, but then to maintain it. Um, oh, he has every variant, really? He has every single oh variant in the game. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. <laughs> Holy yep. cow. Wow. Uh, okay. He has every single one except for one. There was the uh, the special spectrum that was given out uh, yes. for picking the right winner. Yep. Uh, he doesn't have that one. <laughs> oh, man. That's insane. I can't even, yeah. I can't even fathom that. Wow. That's nuts. 
Oh man. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping, what else are you hoping for? Like if they do, you know, if this, if this patch is indeed a big gameplay one, um, what are you hoping we see? Uh, the stuff that we had heard about, like you mentioned some of it already, uh, the, the character mastery stuff. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that. Cause I know I'm getting something for Galactus. No doubt about that. Am I getting something? For yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what 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 has you most excited on the horizon for Snap? So whether it be the patch uh, or, or or something else that they've been working on, I know myself, I would love to see a draft mode, but they said that a new game mode is down the road, so who knows when that might be coming around. Um, I just think that would be kind of cool uh, for almost everybody. You could just get into a match and just get random cards and stuff like that given to you and stuff. So um, so what are you looking for uh, from Thursday uh, if, if it is indeed a big game update um uh and 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 even from snap going forward yeah so i i went and pulled up the development roadmap stuff in coming soon should be the only stuff that's possibly coming this patch yeah we've got mastery album improvements in-game events selectable card effects selectable borders i don't know what selectable card effects is if there's selectable borders um because they've made it pretty clear that like the flare and finishes are locked together mm. you can't unlock like gold foil on one split and gold crackle on another split and combine yep. them um new infinity splits and collectible reactions the reactions are the ones where you like you can click on somebody's card and do yes that yeah, yeah. I, and those seem tied to character mastery i think that the reactions are adorable um i'm excited for my valkyrie reactions um, yeah yeah that'll be awesome so I think most excited, at least in that set, character mastery, just because I want I want to show off that I have split Valkyrie twenty five times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to show off those super cool uh, space infinity split or whatever. I think new yep. new infinity splits I think are a great idea. Um, we've had the same ones forever. That's true. Um, selectable borders will be nice. There are definitely cards that I have not upgraded because I want to keep them at their current border. Coming up, I am most excited for a new game mode, and I don't know how that could not be the most exciting thing. Yeah. Um, like, I think clans are awesome. They're adding some social element to the game, I think yeah. that'd be really fun. But, and things like the in game graveyard, being able to see that as a mobile player who doesn't use tracker. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I very seldom ever play on PC. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing. I also like that maybe with a graveyard, cause uh, you know, playing magic, magic always had a graveyard. Maybe they will come out with stuff that you can manipulate it. I mean, they kind of have some yeah. things now, but I think, you know, maybe you can create some cards that say, you know, Hey, pull back this from your graveyard or something. Pull like a card that. into your hand yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean that's an in concept. They just say new card mechanics, yeah, which so that, is yeah, so vague. So, like yeah. every new card is a new mechanic. But I, what do they do? They mean new keywords. We know they're coming eventually. You know, like destroy and discard on reveal ongoing. Yep. I think new keywords would be awesome. Um, yep. I hope they've they've never said anything about this. Right. The only time we've ever had a dump of cards at once is when the token shock released. Yes. Um, and then I. I guess the first week of January, we got two cards and tomorrow we get two cards. Um, I would love to see them do little dumps like that uh, every now and then. And new card mechanics would be a great way to do that, right? Like, hey, here's a new keyword and here's 
two series two cards two series three cards and a handful of series four and five cards mm. that that use this keyword so that we can you know um build a whole deck around it instead of waiting for multiple weeks to be able to do so that'd be cool that'd be cool i would enjoy that i want to ask you about now we we meant we talked earlier about playing you know some people just play the game for fun you just look to have fun you you know you had mentioned you like playing conquest because of that i came up with this ridiculous thing that i do every single weekend uh and that's <laughs> I play something called Weekends with Agatha. I make an Agatha yeah. deck that I use for every weekend for weekend missions, and it works. I don't know why. I don't know how. <laughs> I stick cards in that are in there that you have to play with, and they they don't even have cards that make them work. <laughs> I have Meek in there, and it didn't even do anything but sit there as a one card. What are some <laughs> <laughs> What are some guilty pleasures you have in this game? Like what what's What's a fun thing you turn to? You were saying you go to Conquest. Um, I know you love the card Valkyrie. So like for you, what makes, because I think it's important. I think people got to have to understand while it is competitive um, and it's a win or lose thing. And, you know, we mentioned that earlier in the show too. But I think with anything, you really kind of have to find some fun in it. And if you're not, why are you playing? Because if it's yeah. just going to add more stress to your day, because goodness knows we we all have a ton of that uh, in real life, then, you know, why are you playing it if that's all it's doing for you? So what's some of the things that you do with Snap that, that you really have fun doing? Okay. So very quickly, I'll touch on the magic psychographic profiles. I don't know if you're familiar with those or not, but that's like their dev team tried to come up with like, can we identify why players play magic? Like what makes it fun? What motivates them? Okay. You have spikes who want to win as much as possible. You have Johnny's who want to win with their own deck or on their own terms. And you have Timmy's who want to win big. And Timmy's and Johnny's don't care so much about the quantity as the quality of their win, right? Like okay. Timmy's, they're fine winning the 30% of the time, but when they do win, they want to completely smash and dominate their opponent. They want to, they're the ones who are playing the Onslaught, Iron Man, Tribunal. They get 650,000 power on every lane. Um, I am almost entirely Johnny. So that's, that's the creative deck building side of the game. Usually very combo heavy players. I want to play my own decks and make them good. So a lot of it is is that I, I want to experiment with decks and I'm okay if they're not doing great as long as I can, you know, pull off my own cool combos, some clever interaction that I haven't seen people use before, that kind of thing. Um, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I am a little bit Timmy and I am in a very small discord there's like 10 people in there and we have an ultimate power challenge where we just like there's channels for all the cards that can get big and it's like who can make the biggest dagger who can make the biggest kitty and it's fun making an entire deck around that and it's like i'm probably not gonna win two locations but i can make a gigantic human torch and that's fun uh to come up with like it i guess in a way that's almost a johnny challenge for me it's not about the like <laughs> dominantly huge human torch it's like it's a deck building challenge how can i make a cool deck that's going to make the biggest carnage possible and i think i think i am winning on carnage and the way i did it is i bounced it and then played it with shuri and oh, nice. so, yeah i gotta look how big is my carnage there um <laughs> <laughs> I made a 40 power carnage. Okay. A pretty big carnage. I've That's never big, seen anybody yeah. play a carnage that big before. Right? Yeah. Um. That's pretty cool. I, um, 
I, I think I got a null. The biggest card I think I've ever seen was I got a null that ended up coming in at like four or 5,000 power uh, at the end of the game. So, see, that kind of stuff is fun. And, and that's what I think. Now, they, they may be incorporating some of that. On that roadmap, I think there was also something in reference to uh, yeah. the, the cards that maybe you might have to do crazy things with some of the cards. Like you were saying, get a human torch up to 30 or 40 or something like that. So, Maybe you might see that coming in. Um, I, I like the fact that you said that you uh, you you know you enjoy making your own decks, using your own combinations. I think what a lot of people do, and obviously now you have the deck creator, so people can just come in and just hit a button and it makes the deck. But I think a lot of people with this, and I even myself, I kind of got out of it. I love to I love to create decks in Magic. That's what I did. That was the thing. You get a set of them together, you put them down on a table, and be like, all right. What am I going to do here? What card goes here? Which one works? And that was one of the things. I, and I got out of it a little bit in this. I kind of tended to see, like you were talking about earlier, you go and you watch a content creator and you see, okay, wow, this deck's doing really well. I'm just going to try to use his deck. But it takes a lot of fun out of the games, I think. And so doing things on your own a little bit, even if it's two cards that you throw into a shell that are a little bit different from what everybody else is doing and see whether or not that deck succeeds, but I, I think a lot of people might be leery about that a little bit because they think to themselves, because they see these great decks that are out there performing well, that, well, ultimately I want to win, so I don't want to change it. Because if I change it and it doesn't work, you know, then I'm going to lose a whole bunch of ranks. So it's kind of a fine line you kind of walk there. But I think it's great that you enjoy doing that because that's really what a game should be. A card game should ultimately be the person playing puts their own spin on the cards and, and on the things they can play. Now I know snaps got a lot less cards, obviously than magic over the years and things like that. So it's tougher, but I think that's a big part of the game. So I, so I like that. I, I love, I love that. That's cool. You're the first person actually I heard tell me that Valkyrie is their favorite card. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think that's a big thing. And, and to do that, just, it just keeps the game fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back to the player types, right? Like if somebody has a spike, it's okay if they just net deck. Like if they don't want to play it, engage with the creative side of the game, that's on them. I agree. For me, the, the creative part is the most uh, rewarding. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's limited in snap, but we still see creative stuff happen every now and then. I mean, Lambie just had a tournament and second place had a destroy deck running Dracula. And it's like, of course, why weren't we doing that? Dracula yep. to pull Null's power? That's ridiculous. But yep. nobody nobody was doing it, or at least it hadn't hit the mainstream. Um, and so, yeah, creative stuff can still emerge every now and then. December, I had a lockdown deck that was running Arrow as a critical card. Um, and it was probably the strongest deck I've ever built. Um, and that you know, it's so satisfying. That was the deck that I climbed to nine hundred ninety-six. Nice. Um, She's made a comeback, so Carol. I, yeah, I, yeah, I people are psychologically when a card gets nerfed, people stop. People drop no, off the card way more than they should. No doubt. Yep. Um, so I'm really hoping whatever third game mode they make, they haven't said yet. You know, they've like in some of the surveys that come out, they've talked about like two v two or uh, draft mode. Um, I hope that whatever it is caters to Johnny's, right? Like draft mode is very Johnny to be able to do something creative like that, or maybe a mode where there's uh, rotations. Like the, here, the, here are 10 banned cards. Hey, what is the meta like when Shang-Chi is banned? Mm. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. I've I've seen some tournaments that were played that way. Some of the people mm -hmm. that had smaller tournaments would be like, okay, there's band, there's a band cards list. You can't use Shang Chi. You can't use this card, and uh, and it makes everything different. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Have you played in any tournaments at all or anything lately? Or or yet? I Actually, no. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I never, never have. Yeah, it's I not. It's not really my thing to be competitive like that. Yeah, but also. I love our community, so maybe I maybe I need to join for a different reason. Yeah, yeah. I did see that uh, that uh, Glazer and Gunny got together, and they're going to do like a, a a thing on that. So Glazer, actually, Glazer's coming on my show tomorrow night, so we're going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. So that that's fun. Yes, I, I just I'm, think I'm going to be in the Snap Judgments League. Oh, are you in the, there you go. That's <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it is. It's the Snap Judgments League, um, and uh, and a whole bunch of good people are going to be doing that kind of doing it. So yeah, definitely keep an eye on that. I know Glazer will chat more about that tomorrow. So. All right. Uh, I can't thank you enough. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Uh, like I said, I didn't even need to touch the stuff on the screen for the longest time because we just <laughs> talked about uh, it, it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I appreciate you so much for joining me. I'm going to pop up Lauren's. Uh, that's Lauren's Twitter site. Um, she is at Lauren Whatevs. Make sure you go and check that out. Uh, I love your logo. That's really awesome. Did you design that? Thanks. Uh, so it's, it started as AI, and then I went in and touched up the eyes and added a nose ring. That's really awesome. I love that. I might have tweaked the shadows, too. You know, like, I, I made it better than the AI did. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I love it. That's It reminds me of, uh, well, I mean, again, I'm old. I grew up in the 80s. I uh, I still listen to that. There's music out there called synthwave music now that, that mm -hmm. they play, which I absolutely love. Um, that looks like the art design that a lot of the music, yeah. you see a lot of pink, like the neon colors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I really dig that. That's very eye catching. I love it. I love it. Um, but tell our, uh, my listeners out there, uh, where they can find you. Uh, obviously I have the Twitter up there. Um, but yeah, uh, where they can find you and, and what you're going to be up to, uh, as far as Marvel snap goes. Uh, Twitter is the best place. Um, after that I write intermittently at marvel snap zone and i try to write things that are interesting and different from what everybody else is doing um and i know some people like the economy stuff isn't as interesting as me doing a data deep dive but uh whatever i'm doing it's it's math heavy um and i'm wordy but i try to make it interesting and funny and um easy to follow if you've got the patience for it <laughs> so so those are those are the two places twitter and marvel snap zone um i should have an article with a steven interview coming out in the next week or two nice keep your eyes peeled for that there you go uh, definitely check that out yeah, i love I'm it i'm so glad you had me on i would come back anytime oh you're definitely welcome to come back anytime uh, i i love the conversation and uh yeah i love i love talking about all this i love the insights too uh on the math and stuff like that i think a lot of people need to hear that um because they just have to realize that hey it, it's it's just you know like i said earlier the game just isn't out to get you <laughs> it actually works a certain way uh so that's awesome uh, thank you so much for joining me. And yeah, definitely come back anytime. Obviously look for Lauren and, uh, guys, I will be having, um, 
later i have the kid snap uh coming up on a video and then of course i have glazer back with me uh so he will be chatting about the new uh patch and the new order and all of that the black order all the new cards coming out and uh and that uh and obviously that league as well so have a great rest of your day guys and uh i will talk to you soon